And we're back. I'm James. This is the Gish Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. Who are you? I'm James. <laughs> All right. There we go. A lot of build up there. You so, are close to getting suspended from your duties here. <laughs> no, I'm not. You are. There's like the boiling dad rage from the yeah. side of the room. <laughs> well, James, we already had an incident today, so. Yes. Yes. James, tell me about yesterday. What did you dress up as for Halloween? DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh. With red hair. Nice. I could not believe the amount of candy this kid came home with. <laughs> Did you steal some bags? Uh-uh. I mean, it, the bag was so heavy, I, he could barely lift it. We're eating. We're helping James eat all yeah. this candy. There, there's yeah, so much candy left candy here. That's not even mine. I know. <laughs> oh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> that Luke was uh, eating Hannah's candy without realizing it. <laughs> Hannah's going to get mad now. It's fine. Hey, um, uh, Halloween, did you have fun? Mm-hmm. What did you think about the Grizz game this weekend? Besides winning, pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Good objective opinion. And the block field goal. That was Southern cool. Utah, name one thing that's ugly. Two things, blocked field goal and a doinked extra point. That's right. Difference in the game. Yeah. Southern Utah, that's an extra point from the three-yard line. That's rough. Somebody I was sitting next to when they missed that, they're like, that's the reason we're going to win the game. And, <laughs> boy, they proved to be right. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. Woof, indeed. <laughs> Got to execute in all phases. I don't know. Hey, James, what sports season are you on now? Basketball. All right. Liking it? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Good, because your basketball coach listens to the pod. Oh. <laughs> 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 He's got to pause. <laughs> oh, well, so that was that was the right answer. He was going to say something else. So, James, we have a question for you on Egress. Uh, what is your biggest concern with the football team this year so far? Your biggest concern? <laughs> I don't really know. Besides, almost blowing it to bad teams. Yeah, not playing down to the opponent. It's a legitimate concern. It's fair. Very fair. All right. Some of your favorite players have been hurt, so there's that. James is like mainlining a pixie stick right now. <laughs> it's like, I mean. It's like crack cocaine. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> licking it off the table. Like, we should be concerned. Let me show you how to line that up. <laughs> uh, James, I've got some picks oh, for you to make. <laughs> Luke teaches our youth. <laughs> All right, James. Who do you have when Cal Poly visits Sac State this weekend? SAC. Sac State. Who do you have when Southern Utah visits Idaho? That's a tough one. That's some ugly football. Idaho's at home. Idaho's had three home games in a row. Or were they at NAU? Schedule? I think so. They were home. They were home. You have a cheetah schedule. So who do you have? um, Southern Utah or Idaho? Idaho, but I'm not going to be mad if Southern Utah wins. Oh. All right, then UC Davis goes to Northern Arizona. UC. Okay. For some reason, Idaho State is playing BYU this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Let me think about that one. I don't think it's that easy. (laughs) I'm going to say 
I know BYU. <laughs> BYU it is. Uh, Portland State goes to Ogden to play Weber State. Weber. All right. And then we have Montana State going to Eastern Washington. Both teams had a bye week. And they're both 7-1. and one. Pretty big game. Who you got? It's a tough one. MSU. Oh! You're going to make the Cat fans that don't listen to our podcast happy. Cat fans, you suck! I'm so proud of him. And then finally... He's proud of me. (laughs) Montana goes to Greeley. Who wins this game? Northern Colorado. Montana. Okay, on the road. You don't sound as confident as you did last week in picking the Grizz. Yeah, because we won by one to Southern Utah. <laughs> you sound like your dad right now. <laughs> it dawned on me at the game that I really need to start behaving myself more. Besides saying bad, bad words every possession. Oh, don't be a narc, dude. <laughs> We're letting you snort pixie sticks off the table. <laughs> awesome, buddy. Anything else? <laughs> Oh, my God, Luke. What have you taught him? All right. Love you, bud. (laughs) Thanks, James. Whoo, boy. Well, that was entertaining. (laughs) That that kid's going to be cooler than you, by the way. 100%. (laughs) Oink, oink. Oh, my God. Turn off that mic. It's off. I don't even know what that's about. Um. Oh, God. It's, a, it's a sugar mess at that end of the table now. Um, Cops so better not show up. Before we jump into Southern Utah, which isn't going to be fun to talk about, except for the win, um, did you guys see the um, Grizz Football Twitter and Instagram accounts yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The tagging college game, game day and trying to, it's time for them to come during the brawl this year. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, So... Rather than us try and talk about this, we've got Eric Tabor, uh, SID for the Grizz, to uh, join us. So we're going to flip over to him right now. All right, guys. Now we're going to have Eric Tabor, uh, SID for UM, join us because um, I think a lot of people saw the kind of cool Instagram post and, and Twitter post from the Grizz football account about college game day. And kind of what's that all about? So, Eric, uh, tell us what we need to know. Like, is there a legitimate chance that we could get game day at uh, at Montana for Cat Grizz? Yes, there absolutely is a legitimate chance that college game day could come to Missoula, Montana for the Grizz Cat game. And we're super pumped about it. And uh, yeah, that little video we put out, uh, that's, that, was, uh, that was successful. That was... Um, a lot of eyeballs getting on that. I think uh, it's starting to take off, but kind of as I was just telling you, as we were offline there, like uh, social media is currency to ESPN. Like it, it, they want to see that the fans here care about it and the fans want game day to be here and that the fans will show out when they do come here. So uh, right now it's kind of up to all of us as Grizz fans to, uh, to make this kind of thing happen. And I think we've got a dang good chance. So when you say kind of fans show out, so you you and UM and the Grizz are hoping that 
our fans kind of lead the charge and get creative and tag um, at game day on on all the social media platforms, but really they can do whatever they want within reason. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I have no say whether it's in within reason or within, <laughs> without reason. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have the uh, the censorship button going on, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the idea. We, uh, quote unquote, go viral. Right. Um, so uh, ESPN wants to see. Yeah. Fan, I mean, it, there's a ton of ideas. Right. Like today we've seen a bunch of people uh, sharing like their favorite Grizz video from the stadium they have on their phone. Right. Like something they took from their seats, uh, you know, the tunnel run, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, we just, uh, get creative, show, get some signs going, get some memes going, you know, get the, get the smack talk going a little bit. And, uh, as long as we're doing it with a, uh, uh, a focus on tagging college game day and, uh, telling them to get to Missoula, uh, it's, it's going to be really helpful for our cause. We, uh, I guess I'll take a step back too. Like, so we've, uh, we have, uh, put a pitch together for game day and we talked to some pretty high level folks up there, got some really good feedback on it. And this is what they were telling us. They want to see the, the social media push and the uh, precedent for it is James Madison three years ago, four years ago um, did the same thing. Their, their, their student body, their fan base got just super hyped up about it, created this big social media push and uh, it worked for them. I'm so excited. Here's what I think. Here's what I think someone, not us, but maybe us could do. Um, so above the waist, we're clearly streaking, but on the back of Brent is college. On the back of Mike is game. In the back of me is day. And we just run through the scene. Are you guys down? Stunt doubles. Wait, wait, wait. Not when college game day is already here. (laughs) We don't need that kind of effort once they're already here. (laughs) We need to get them here. I like it. Um, So so tag at game day. We want to use the hashtag Grizz on game day across any platform. So obviously the – the brawl is a special game, and that's one of the things that I assume attracts maybe ESPN to this. Should we be recruiting our cat friends to help with this? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's uh, it's in the it's in the state of Montana's best interest to have College Game Day come here, right? Like it's it's a good thing for everybody. Yep. Um, their fans would enjoy going to the show just as much as our fans would. Um, you know, they're probably going to feature some Montana state players or stories or whatever, uh, on their show, just as they would, you know, Montana, uh, stories and features, whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, and it's also, like I said, great opportunity for some smack talk. I mean, there's already been a bit of it. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a good chance to to get the like I said memes and whatever else and uh, get that kind of stuff rolling a couple of weeks before the game and uh, it'll ramp up as we get closer I'm sure um, and and if that happens just let game day know about it and uh, you know we got we've essentially got two weeks to make this thing happen because they'll make their choice the Sunday or Monday before the game right and so. 
that Sunday after the NAU game, we want to have this thing uh, firing on all cylinders. So what I'm hearing from you, uh, Tabes, is that if you have a child, you're obligated to shave college game day into the temples. <laughs> I think that's what I heard you say. <laughs> I could have said that. <laughs> Luke, if you could I did, I did, it, I did it not say that. This, we're down. <laughs> James's buddy Nolan is Eric's nephew. So, I mean, we'll get him on board. <laughs> oh, oh, Nolan would be so down for that. Yeah, see, James would be down. We'll get their buddies. We, we can start a little trend. Yes. <laughs> we got to find a template. Um, anything else that we should know about? We're, I think we're, we definitely will uh, do our part and share and retweet and get this stuff out there. But uh, anything else the fans should know about? I mean, that's really it. We just, it just needs to snowball. And, uh, and with the idea that, yeah, there's a really good chance that this whole deal could happen. And, uh, and then when it does happen, let's have fun with it. I mean, let's pack it. So we're proposing to them to do it in the oval. I think that's a no brainer, beautiful setting. Got the space. Perfect for game day. Um, so when it does happen, Pack the place. Let's make it yeah. the best, the best game day ever, and and yeah. that's just key. It's awesome because game, day, you know, game day ends at ten a.m. Mountain time, so then you have two hours before the game. I mean, it's like perfect timing. Right when tailgating starts, right? Exactly. Yeah. Get it out there. There's a like so there's an argument like you know oh there's too many other games on that weekend or whatever and like the nice thing is is it's not rivalry week around the rest of the country really, and so. Uh, you know, the last we've been planning this thing for months now, it feels like. Uh, but in the last couple of weeks, we started looking at it and like, okay, well, there's really two games that are going to be our competition, quote unquote. And one of them was Cincinnati SMU. We're going to Cincinnati this weekend. This week? So that's not really on the table anymore. Uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, that's a real competition. Like, that's yep. if, if both those teams continue to win, unless. Unless Purdue helps us out greatly, which they've been known to do in the past, like Purdue pull, pull an upset every once in a while. Um, uh, you know, that, that's a real thing. But, like, there's a million ways to kind of argue it. They've been to the shoe in Columbus a million dang times. And so the nice thing about what we're offering is something totally different, right? Like something that's unique and cool and beautiful and everything that they like and so far we've been told that's that's attractive to them yeah i mean i have to think like you talked about like features before the game with with you know their montana being you know these college teams are our highest level the stories they could do like find a house divided you know in eastern montana i mean like the stories yeah. that they could do to be like you know this, the whole state shuts down and people care about this game and you're either a Grizz or you're a cat. You know, I mean, I, I think that that story can't be matched a lot of places. I mean, a hundred percent, like it's, it, it's telling that kind of thing to them before they get here will help our cause, but it's, that's low hanging fruit for them to, yeah, the house divided thing. Uh, it's, it is unique. I mean, and that's one of the things that they, have come to know about Montana is in the times that they've all come out here. And, and uh, is that it matters out here. And it's a lot, it's a lot more unique than, than a lot of places that play college football and, you know, not just the environment, not just the mountain and the river and the tailgating and all that kind of stuff, but the, 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 the passion of the, the people. And, and, and they know that it's just the time has never really been right. I don't think. And uh, 
I always tell people like when Musburger was here in 2015, I was lucky enough to be sitting and talking with him for a while. And, and he's like, all the ESPN people know. It's just that they, they know what Montana's got going on out here. It's just that they need a good excuse to come. And, you know, there's, it hasn't been a perfect season for us, but the win over Washington helped our cause yep. a ton, an absolute ton. So uh, I, I, I just think it's time to, to jump on it. And so far it's been pretty successful. Great. Well, I think it's going to give us a lot of fun to, uh, to do. Uh, Luke, any other questions from you? I think I'm good. Brent, anything from you? Good over here. All right. Hey, Eric, we go. appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you ever have stuff you want us to uh, state media out on the pod here, you just let us know. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're in good shape. Standing by, ready and willing. I love it. All right. Thanks, fellas. Sounds good. Thanks, Eric. All right. Later. Um, Eric, uh, Eric had some cool things to say. So it sounds like I am so excited for this, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they want it to be just like this kind of go viral natural. So fans should go crazy, get creative, go crazy. By this, I mean the streak. <laughs> yeah. No, I think <laughs> just, just a, just a waste sub video of us running shirtless with <laughs> college game day on our back. We tag it like no, Grizz fans no. are so excited. Luke, nobody wants to see me running shirtless. But it'll just be from the behind. It's just behind. It's not going to make any difference, Luke. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> ballots are cast, basically. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to lose? <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know what the recall provisions are for city council. But... <laughs> <laughs> Rapid recall. Um, oh, it's, it's, I, the, what I like about this, I mean, what's exciting about this, like, like Tabor's talking to us about this, the UM Twitter account. Like, this isn't just, like, a couple fans on social media being like, hey, wouldn't this be cool? Like, it makes sense. Like, this feels like it's got real traction behind it. And that's that's the super exciting thing about this. It'd be awesome to have game day in Missoula. I want, I want someone to change the M into a game day. You know, like, mm. for, you know, yeah. for like a week. Yeah. Oh, cool. Hit me up in the DMs. Game day. So, I mean, assignments for Grizz Nation. Like, get as creative as you can on social media. Make sure you tag them. Use the, use the hashtag, that, uh, gr- hashtag Grizz Game Day. And do everything you can just to get attention. We've got two weeks, basically, right? Yep. Through, through it's through like NAU. game day. They always yep. make the decision the Sunday or the Monday before, like, oh, like Eric said. The other thing, you know, he did say – this is good for the state of Montana. So let's get our cat fan friends on board. And the couple I've talked to about it are excited. Oh, sure. You know, and you see some of them kind of saying, like, this is good for both schools. Yeah. Because really, they're coming to the brawl. And, I mean, let's get them here. I want to see... Cats my, and Grizz Unite. My buddy Craig and his wife Lacey are... Uh, uh, excuse me, Grizz and cat fans respectively... And Shelby's got that cool alley that's painted like half maroon, like half blue for the Bobcats. And they got married and took a cool wedding picture back there. Nice. Like, I want Craig and Lacey to tweet that mm-hmm. out. Like, come on. <laughs> no, this is... that's exactly. Because it's like Montana's got a unique opportunity. I mean, this is a state thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Very few states have this. I'm excited. Let's let's make it happen. All right. All right. Grizz Fan Pod, Grizz Nation, you guys have uh, you've heard the assignment. Let's go do it. All right. Well, let's now, get, let's talk about depressing crap. All right. Huh? Oh, that was fun. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, first of all, 
a win's a win, and the saying that is you know famous around Grizz football and other places: winning's hard, losing's easy. Just yep. ask Southern Utah. That blocked field goal was awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, all day Saturday and even into Sunday, I'm just sitting here thinking, man, so many things going wrong. Like our offense is. We're just bad. It's bad. I mean, we just can't. There's no way to sugarcoat it. We are bad. And we'll talk about our thoughts on that. Our defense has been pretty good the last couple of games. You know? Yeah. I mean, under 300 yards each last two weeks, right? Yep, yep, yep. But you think about it. Every break possible, basically, Southern Utah got, right? The penalties, I mean, they had 80 yards in penalties on their scoring drives. Right. They won the turnover battle four to one. Four to one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they still lost. <laughs> so it's like you think about it. It's like the Grizz did everything they could to lose the to game. Lose the game. And they didn't. And they didn't barely. So, I mean, maybe let's look at it that way. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was like, and, and I mean, Bobby said it post game, and talking to other people connected as well too with the program. It was just like, it sounded like people after the game, even day a day after the game, were still. St- don't understand like I don't know how the Grizz won that game and so it's like definitely uh, you play that game type of game against anyone else down the road here and you know that's a loss but uh thank god we had just this catastrophic game against a terrible southern Utah school and maybe that's you know dodge a bullet what gives (laughs) me like that little pit in my stomach though just a little one Just a little one, Mike. We got some time here. I'm choosing to believe my pit in my stomach is election related, but I actually think it's this. It could be all the candy I <laughs> ate too. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah. <laughs> okay. The last time we executed this poorly was when we played the grid or the cats in Bozeman. And remember like do you remember the start of that game? How we couldn't oh, execute? Yep. And yeah, penalties, and tough. then we were down and buried. Before we could ever get anything going, right? And I was like, oh, at some point in time, teams that don't execute are just bad teams. And if we don't execute against any other team, maybe, in the entire conference, we lose that game. And I mean, it's it's so striking. And and this seems to be worse. We are so inconsistent from offensive drive to offensive drive. It's infuriating. It's awful. It's almost like two different guys are calling plays, which <laughs> I kind of think maybe they are, and we can talk about that. But it's like we seem to suffer from a complete inability to do anything good with momentum. Right. And, you know, I think you broke this down a couple of weeks ago on, like, the drives after turnovers have been just atrocious, and we've gotten a little bit better, actually. Up until the Idaho game, like, points off turnovers. Well, Sacramento, right? We yeah. had three turnovers uh, forced and no points. Yeah. I mean. And it's like we come in, you know, defense does something big. Offense can't do anything. And it's just like I, I'm just perplexed. Like, I do not understand it. I'm still confused by the play calling. It feels like we're not doing anything creative. Go ahead. No, I'll go ahead. One thing I thought, Mike, you would be really tickled to see and mention right off the bat was they tried to hurry the offense up a little bit. They, they changed would, a little bit. They'll do it, but, but then, then they they'll stop doing it. it. Yeah. And it's like the like if there's one thing that's been maybe a small bright spot in this month of like bad offense, when they go tempo, they actually it works. It seems to work, but they don't stick in it. And 
maybe part of the problem is they're concerned about going three and out and giving the defense even less of a rest. But <laughs> could be. I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating. And then you know, some of the, what they're doing. Like first of all, Osmo returns for a series. Has one carry, nine yards, five total plays. Don't see him again. Don't see him again. Was on the sidelines with no pads, second half. Yeah. Hopefully that's just, you know, coming back and getting into live reps. Like, you know, you get some soreness and you get back out there. Because he wasn't so. on crutches. He wasn't on ice right, or anything right, like right, that. Right. So yeah. hopefully that's a good thing. Yep. Cam comes back in the third series. By design. By design. But that's such a stupid design. <laughs> like, if it'd be one thing. And you guys, stick with me because you can tell okay. me I'm wrong. Yeah. But it'd be one thing if the offense has been humming the last few weeks and it was humming before Cam got hurt. And it's just like, yeah, we're going to you know, plug in and we're running this well. But it hasn't. And I don't know who was maybe the best the offense has looked since Western Illinois, which is saying something. It didn't look all that great. Yeah. It looked decent. And so, you you know, you don't start Cam. And you give Brown two series. There's a weird fumble thing that maybe he should have recognized that Flowers was running late and whatever. But Flowers runs across. It hits, snap hits him. They fumble. They turn it over. Then they pull pull Brown and put Cam in for the rest of the half. Yep. Coach Hawk said after the game it was by design, and then they were going to take it from there. But then at halftime they decided that he was, you know, for health reasons, they needed to go back to Brown, which means he was getting beat up. He's getting lit up, yeah. And he's <laughs> only four weeks removed from His an injury, ankle injury yeah, that yeah. looks serious. So my thing in that situation is if he's ready, play him. And if he's not ready but you just want to give him snaps, wait until later in the game and hope that you have a lead. Because this offense is not consistent enough no. and is not good enough to be playing two QBs. And I'm not saying that Brown earned anything. that Because, you know, those first two drives, again, they didn't produce anything. But it's like, I don't know why you do that. But, I mean, <clears throat> I should look this up, but, like, Montana as a whole, regardless of who's the QB in the first quarter – I mean, the offense is bad. It's even worse in the first quarter, isn't it? Oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know really, yeah, like what, what the point is to try to prove there. Um, I get – I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it feels like – it's tough to say as a fan, if like to know what's going on with the, with the planning and, and everything because we're just sitting here in the stands or sitting here having a beer trying to figure this shit out. And it's like it, – it almost feels like coaching staff's just like – they don't know what to do. And it's like, well, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's see what the hell we can do. Uh, Montana scoring 39 points so far in the first quarter over eight games. So what's that quick math? So while he's doing that, I mean, a couple things that kind of did stand out. So Cam gets gets in. 4.8 points per 4. quarter. <laughs> yeah, and that's across both QBs. So Cam gets in. I think the one area where we all agree that Cam is head and shoulders above Chris Brown is quick decisions. Yes. You know, he gets the ball, makes a decision, goes for it. Maybe Brown hangs on to it too long. Maybe it's pocket presence you learn, whatever. And that was noticeable to me. That being said, I mean, there were still some of the issues with him that there were before. You know, he th- threw behind someone. Even some of the completions weren't quite the leads they could have been. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the passing was all that different between the two of them. I mean, Cam came in and went 10 of 14, so a better percentage. But, but I mean, I mean... Chris had great percentage in the sack loss. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when Chris came back in the second good. half, he looked good. He looked, and like yeah. when they threw down the field on that one series, 
mean, up the seams. My sense is what we're seeing is just the coaching staff's sort of, I guess, fidelity to the heuristic, like the method that mm. says we have a system and we're confident in both guys. And it doesn't matter who runs the system. Um, they both can do it. And uh, we're going to try Cam out. We are confident he's going to make the right reads, the right throws. He's going to be a part of this offense, so we need to get him reps again mm-hmm. after he's uh, recovered from his injury. And, uh, you know, Chris Brown started in his absence, and there's no reason why he can't start, you know, against Southern Utah or Northern Arizona. I, maybe they're thinking it truly doesn't matter, partially because of their, like I said, their process, their heuristic. Or maybe it's because there truly isn't a significant difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So Cam for the year, 71 of 114, four interceptions, nine touchdowns passing, 79 yards rushing, and one touchdown. Brown for the year, 94 of 141, four interceptions, three touchdowns passing, 957 yards, five TDs on the ground, 40 yards. He has five TDs. He has five TDs. And he's had some good ones. He, he looked good running a couple times, and I think he can do the QB sneak well, but he's fumbled more. But but see, this is the thing that it's crazy. It's like, you know, we pick apart Brown, and then Camp came in and he had 10 of 14, but he made probably these same mistakes that we've been tearing Chris Brown apart for. You know, he fumbled that ball on that weird carry where it popped up was. in the air, yeah. whatever that was, yeah. maybe trying to do it. I don't know. <clears throat> you know, and he. He had a couple times where he, if he'd hit the guy in stride, you know, they're big gains, but he doesn't. So, Mike, do you think that because there might not be a difference between the two or they're making the same mistakes, you play Chris Brown the whole way because, you know, God, might as well develop the young guy? I don't know what you do at this I point. No I mean, because it's like you could argue that maybe, but it's like if if Cam protects the ball better – and we can get a smidge more consistent at, at this point. Maybe that's enough. I don't. I honestly don't know. My hope is always that the offense can play kind of mistake free, uh, cannibalize some first downs, uh, win the field pe- possession battle, and we just wait for a punt return or a pick six. Yeah. <laughs> like let's just get us close, guys. Yeah. And and um, what's his name? Fontes. Font. Fonts. Uh, Fonts. 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 Um. He's looking pretty good returning. I mean, I know this is only his second game, and you guys are like, no, he's for sure redshirting, but I don't know. I mean, (laughs) if Flowers is hurt, because Flowers didn't Didn't come back. He didn't come back in, except I think he went in on the kneel down play to play the back guy. No, that was a cam. No, that was a cam. Okay. So, yeah, he didn't come back in. So, we don't know. I mean, they don't talk about injuries. So, if he's hurt. Might have to. You might have to. And he's exciting. I think he's got a lot of instinct. Um, he does seem like that, and he's a true freshman too because he and Xavier Harris came from the same school. Yes, yes, they did, yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I, I don't know. And then it's like, you know, Osmo, that one run for nine yards, and you're thinking like, yes, oh, that is what we've been missing. Yes! The running game's back, and he's gone. And he's gone. That's got to be so frustrating. Oh, man. We were texting about it, and, you know, <laughs> you get frustrated as a fan, but you're also it's like no one – no one wants to get injured, and I bet after his long recovery back to play oh. five snaps and get injured again, get hurt again. Oh, uh, it just piss you off yeah. if you're that player. Poor, poor dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully, like like we said, maybe hopefully just uh, didn't feel right, or or you know, 
working back in the next few weeks and you know ah yeah just a bummer so but he's one where he technically he's got a red shirt left to use if he yeah, wants he does, it he does yeah so it's like if you know he sits out a couple more games and they decide i don't know i mean it's like at some point you're gonna have to make a decision right yeah. they, they could try him out a few more games before they do that but um I would say, yeah, circling back a little bit on quarterback, too. I thought, like you said, I think Chris Brown's second half was had a lot of like really good moments from it. You know, the yeah. touchdown drive, um, finding Cole Grossman twice for yeah. a like a second and 27, where it seemed like huge first down. Conlon Beaver's string of fouls uh, in a single play sunk the drive uh, again, uh, does not. Uh, finds Cole Grossman, extends a few plays with his feet, finds Cole Grossman again, touchdown, um, at, at a kind of a real vital point. And then, um, unfortunately, you know, where it looked like we had the game ceiling drive going, the back shoulder throw to Ben Roberts uh, right before the, the Bergen fumble was that was, that a- was a damn good throw. That was like maybe one of the better throws I have seen from a Grizz quarterback this yeah. year. Which feeds off of how we felt about some of his throws in the Idaho game. He's he's starting to make some throws. Like it's coming together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so you put some flip side together. And so then, well, he had another, we had another drive too where we got down the field, uh, but unfortunately had to kick field goal. Um, and so, you know, then we kind of start to circle back to some of this conversation we've also had as well too about some of the receivers. And boy, I, I'm, I wonder how Sammy Kim feels after that game because he had a he had a great pass from Cam right he's, before Cam's fumble. He's got he hit him right in the hands that. and doesn't catch it. And I like the next player, the play after is the fumble, right? Cam's he, fumble. Yep. He, and you know, that's like that's a gotta have it. And then later, corner of the end zone, north end zone, um, tougher play because the corner's pulling on the, pulling on his arm, uh, doesn't make that catch either. Um, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to criticize. I've never yeah. played. And the second receiver. one, your arm's getting pulled that one, on. That's I mean, a tough that's one. That's got that, that first one you're talking about? Yeah. He has to make it. And, and Coach Houck said it at QB. Yep, he did. Yep. He's yep. got to make the play. You know, so fortunately, you know, I guess one out of three in terms of successes because Grizz get the ball back after, you know, forcing the four and out for Southern Utah. Um, got to have a first down, third and five. Uh, it was, it, and, and this is another thing, too, where it was interesting – to show maybe there's some growing trust as well in Chris Brown because it's third and five. Southern Utah has one timeout left. And so if you had zero trust, zero confidence, or just really concerned confidence in your quarterback, you run the ball, you get two yards, you make Southern Utah burn the timeout, and you say, okay, my defense is better than my freshman's quarterback's ability to pick up a first down with his arm. Yeah, But that's not what they do. Uh, and, and he hits Sammy um, right, at the, right at the point of gain. Sammy gets uh, – hit by gets i mean it doesn't get flagged but that was a targeting that guy, that guy like smashed him in the face hangs on the ball gets the first yeah down. and that was i mean i mean that's hell the clutch play. catch you need and from that was your and that was like all american it's like god it's just it can't be can't be doing that one out of three you need two out of three make that big catch going down the end zone make this other one and it's like this game's maybe more put away sooner yeah yeah i like how in the presser today 
Bobby had some comment about <laughs> whether or not the penalties were really penalties. He's like, I can't have a public comment about this. <laughs> but he wasn't going to stipulate that those were like legitimate penalties. Did you guys get a sense that like we got hosed? You know, I will say Coach Houck at QB Club toes the same line because he told us tonight the Big Sky Conference considers QB Club a public forum. And yep. he is not allowed to comment on yep, the refs in not. a public forum. Yep. That being said, we get to look at game film sometimes and we can make our own decisions. Um, but he, he actually, he's got a great deal of respect for the head of officiating the Big Sky. It is, yeah. And my takeaway, and he didn't come out and say this, but my takeaway from Bobby was the Big Sky knows when there are issues and when there are not. And maybe this is my pessimistic view, but it's like, what are they going to do about it? Yeah. There aren't a huge pool of refs out there to pull from, you know? So you got to coach these guys up, make them better. He did say that the school can turn in five plays a week um, that they think are questionable, but it almost sounds like, like he doesn't really do it. Because <laughs> he's like, they like review that. all the film, you know? It's like they know what the what the issues are. Um, and he went through some of the penalties, and it, it sounds like – both the sport, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties sounded warranted. They sounded I mean, warranted. I mean, I feel like the refs were maybe looking in places they didn't need to be looking. Because, um, I mean, like, he went back, one of them went back to the huddle and said something, and the ref heard it and threw the flag. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, and that was it, the disappointing thing, I guess you could say, whether the, the words chosen or the action said, you know, whatever. But I don't know if I've seen a Grizz team in a long time have moments of lost composure. Like we saw on Saturday. It's like we see personal fouls. You see stuff happen. We see players, you know, get it. We've seen players get ejected for targeting. We were a Weber game where two of them got ejected for targeting in the first half. Right. Uh, a couple years ago, but it was like both instances. There was a, you know, it was after an already existing penalty, both, in this fan's opinion, very questionable if, you know, terrible. But then um, words uh, by Grizz players um, added another 15 yards to it. And, um, you know, there was that aspect. And then, um, you know, Southern Utah doing whatever kind of goofy snap count they're doing. Okay, it got us once offsides, but then – and it got us again, and it got us three times in one drive, and they score a touchdown on it. It's like, okay, don't do that shit again. And they just – we just kept hopping offsides all the time. And so um, it was just really perplexing just the amount of just mental errors and mistakes and things like that. And then to see not one but two players get personal fouls for yelling at the officials, it's, it's – I've never seen that before. It was just wild. And so I think there's an aspect where, like, we as fans can – yeah, some of the calls were BS. I mean, a bunch of them, in my opinion, were, were crap. I mean, there was a bunch of crap ones from Idaho. There's been a bunch of crap ones this whole conference play, I think. But then to, like, tack on to it another, you know, another 15. Yeah. And to me, it's <sighs> like, what is the ref proving there? You know, it's like – yeah. Talk to them, but they're already getting penalized. And it's like to have scoring drives where it's like they had 80 yards of penalties on their scoring drives – and to have multiple times where they had both a live ball penalty and a dead ball penalty, so they were both enforced, and you're moving the team 30 yards down the field. It's just like, come on. I think Beaver was having a real rough day. <laughs> I mean, I think, didn't he get, he had a holding penalty early, and then they had another one, and then the personal foul came in. The point, Bobby had to pull him off the field, and he was, 
having conversations with the Southern Utah sidelines and Southern Utah players on the field, and I think he was voicing concern or opinions to the officials earlier too. Uh, it was a tough day all around. But, man, I, I'd never seen anything like that. I can't remember last time we had a hundred and over 100 yards penalties, let alone 131 or whatever it was. It's nuts. Yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, Riley was on Coulter's show today, and, yeah, so we gave six first downs by penalty to Southern Utah. Brent thinks it was seven. The so stat book says seven. Either way, maybe they terrible. adjusted it. Yeah. Uh, well, they declined one of them. There would have been seven, but they declined one of them. Okay. Um, 80 penalty yards on scoring drives, 19 penalties, 12 accepted against the Grizz. I mean, you just can't have that. And especially when we're struggling in other areas. But the flip side of that is the offense has been rough all year, and that's leading to frustration, I would have to think. Like, there's a real possibility that on both sides of the ball, it's like – that starts to build on you, you know, like why can't we put at least one team away, you know? <laughs> Man. Uh, speaking of that. Wouldn't like, it be nice to just kick the shit out of a team? Yeah. Like it's just the third quarter and we're up by like 40. And it's yeah, like, oh and we get to go God. see Robbie Patterson for a while, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Patterson's just waiting. Like, will you guys put someone away? Oh, my God. Mike, speaking of this, did you bet the over or the under? <laughs> <laughs> We know our friend Parlay went under. <laughs> and then he got all offended that I was like. I actually don't think he bet the game. I don't think he bet the game. I think he's all talk, Parlay. But the line was like Grizz by like 28. 27.5. Which. Ridiculous. I don't really pay much attention to those lines. I should have bet that because there's no way that the Grizz were going to beat that team by 28. You know? No. No, like I think maybe you said that's on what Twitter. I should do is lay some money down because that'll be the catalyst we need to. There we go. You know, the yeah, offense I, is just waiting for you that. to bet the spread, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> drop, drop a drop a Benjamin. Yeah, <laughs> they will not beat the spread. Okay, <laughs> interesting idea. I also had some feedback, Mike, about the candy is a great addition to the beer this week. <laughs> so you mentioned last week that in the um. The in-stadium beer gardens. Yeah. You can get a tall boy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's not a tall boy, Mike. Huh. There's... Tall boys are 24-ounce cans. We could just do this so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone... I got a text. I got a text from someone, and they said, what does Mike know about tall boys? Apparently, I got the text right here. Um, Did you tell them that I'm a silent partner in a bar? <laughs> <laughs> Those are those are called tall girls, aka sixteen ounces. Tall boy is twenty four ounces. Oh, oh! Did you guys know this? I did not. I'd never heard that before. I trust this source. I thought the Idaho ones were tall boys, but what do I know? Not much, apparently. Yeah. Well, was the you, source my wife? You can get a tall girl. It wasn't because it wasn't, it wasn't I would trust her on that. Yeah. Uh, this this guy's drank a lot of tall boys and girls. <laughs> Lord. So, still injuries. No Childs. <sighs> no no Harris. Harris. Bergman, I mean, he's carrying the load. God, if you could pair him with someone. Oh, man. I still don't understand what we're doing in the run game, though. I mean, he's making it work, but I just, our lack of creativity on play calling. Well, I with Bergen, I, I think we're, we're just doing what we can because the kid's not a running back and it's like mm. he, he's doing his damnedest mm. I, I mean honestly <clears throat> maybe like one of the most 
just the wildest stories on offense, especially this year so far, in terms of just out of nowhere success. But like he his pass protection is not great, and so it, it kind of limits what you can do. And then I think, yeah, I mean, even Xavier Harris and Isaiah Childs <clears throat> make better decisions with blocking and running and stuff, and I'm not, like, knocking Bergen. It's just, like – Those guys are more experienced. I mean, they're Harris running backs. Had the two games in <laughs> and, the he's, and he's doing everything he can for us, so it's 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 not a criticism. But, like – and I think that's part of it where we're, like, what the hell's going on with this running game? Why does Bergen get the ball and then, like, run right into the back of the, the guard in the center? Uh, and I think a, a lot of it's just a lack of experience, and it's just not really his primary – I still think we should be rolling Brown or Humphrey out more, given the O-line regression. Um, But, I mean, I'm just surprised we haven't seen anything outside the box, like a double pass or, you know, just like teams are playing us a certain way and you think – I mean, how many little trick plays did Southern Utah run on us? Yeah. They had a handful, didn't they? Yeah, and, like, when Rosie got here that first year, like, we used to be full of these. And, like, how over his 10 years here, you know, he's kind of known for some of that stuff. And it just seems like it's so basic. And I don't know if that's a – because they just were struggling so much on the fundamentals. Like, yeah. the O-line is just decimated right now. Or if there are bigger issues. I wonder if it's just – they're sitting here saying, <clears throat> we've got – Freshmen all over the place, and the last thing we want to do is have them run some have to think goofy crap. Double like pass. <laughs> the annexation of Puerto Rico. Like Chris has to pitch to Junior, who's got to pitch it to Ryan Simpson, who's got to pass it down the field to Cole Grossman, and none of these guys have done any of this type of stuff before. So I don't know. That could be part of it where they're just saying, hey, we don't want to throw no, and that's these a really guys in that point. type of spot. You mentioned Ryan Simpson. It has, it's fun to see him out there again. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I feel like, I mean, there are you're starting to see some guys who are going to step up. Yep. Well, I think drop touchdown was a bummer, but um, Keelan White had another pretty good day. I think he's one, another guy that's making more strides. You know, two games with two kind of bummer drops, a deep shot in the Idaho game, and that that end zone play where you gotta gotta hang on to that ball. But you know, he had a couple other really big catches through the game. He didn't let that early drop touchdown really you know ruin his day. Yeah. So um, nice to see some of these younger guys step up and be a part because we're losing receivers apparently you know hopefully the flowers injury isn't bad but you know we haven't seen Sulcer since eastern and the assumption is he's done so yeah helps to have some of these other guys stepping up yeah so did i call it last week or not with the whole when they put brown or patterson <laughs> on the depth chart and cam wasn't on it it was like Cam's gonna play. You this did. Week. You did. Say like, that. I mean, yeah. Bobby thinks he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I had a handful of people from the tailgate come through. They're like, Cam's playing. Cam's gonna be out there. This yeah, week. I was like, like, yeah, I think he is. That's so blatant. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who was on the depth chart this week. I actually haven't seen it. But D- Daniel Britt starting. Oh, hey, yeah. there you go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> really shake things up. <laughs> Garrett Graves. We're gonna just yeah. <laughs> the so there's way. a question for you. I had somebody ask this this week. I mean, at some point, if Osmo's hurt again, yeah. Do we have a guy like Graves or even the older Janicaro pull double duty to be a short yardage back? Mm. I mean, that's hard to do, but I, we got to do something. Like because even like Bergen, even even this week, like as for everything he's doing well, 
there was a play where he was it was like second and two and they ran him out wide uh, and at some point you got to plant yeah. your foot and run up the field get up the middle but it's you know he let him they he let them drive him right to the sideline and they lost yardage and yeah. it's like you got to fight for that at some point in those short yardage we can't have that it's it's tough because i can think back to prior years with certain guys that had changed positions across the field and even being just a year or two removed from you know, running back or, you know, linebacker or something else like that. Um, you see them kind of get reinserted back into their old position, and you can just tell that they had been in another direction. And well, McKenna Simmons is a great example. Yeah, and so it's just like when you put them back in, that progress is kind of lost. And so I can think of – it seems a lot like running back to, to linebacker or to safety or something like that, but it's just like – I that's hard to say. It's tough to say. I don't know. I don't know if it'll work. I think they're just in a damn pinch. I mean, yep. what was it? Bob Stitt tried to use, what, Herbert Gamboa to pick up a fourth down on something. And <laughs> it was just like it didn't work at all. I don't I know. I want to know if the players are going to Bobby being like, I could run it. Like, <laughs> I'll bet you, they could. Yeah, you know who's know. probably doing it? Moses Mallory. <laughs> Mo. Well, hell, didn't uh, Idaho use the defensive tackle to – oh, he blocked, right, on that first touchdown they had. He didn't carry the ball. Do so. you guys remember that picture for LSU – who went and pitched it in the College World Series, and he hadn't taken a swing oh. since, like, eighth grade. And he he went up to his coach in, like, a critical moment. <laughs> and it was like, put me in, coach. And the coach was like, did you bat in high school? And he goes, yeah, I hit nukes, coach. <laughs> put me in. And the coach sent him in, and the dude hit a home run. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then he didn't – the coach found out only in the – Post game, <laughs> like at the press conference with the kid next to him, that he oh, hadn't man. taken that bat since like eighth grade. Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. So I like to I like to think like, who's going up to Bobby and it's like, all right, Bobby, short yardage, <laughs> get me in there. <sighs> Braxton Hill is like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, gosh, yeah, some of these guys like. Asher Croy, right? He's a linebacker. He was a pretty damn good running back. I don't know. You get some of these other, but Robbie Houck is probably yeah. <laughs> well, Dad's got a returning punt, so you know why not do everything else. <laughs> well, so uh, Patrick O'Connell, another sack hero, and he was being held during that sack oh too. God. Like he was. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing he got a flag this. on like, that one at least yeah but it's like they kept calling holding on the grizz for pancakes basically they take them to the ground Jeez. but it's like they could have called southern utah for holding on a lot so of plays the and they didn't do it. And that's the thing that's like how do they not feel the game and sense that it's like they are causing issues but then let you know yeah i don't know yeah well <clears throat> i think <clears throat> patrick o'connell so what's his total now for socks, do you have that? Is he in double digits uh, he's yet? In, he's got to be. He's in double digits, and God, I'll get to it. All right. So I, I think uh, kind of a fascinating story that is emerging with this Grizzly defense is I think we've got two guys that are going to probably be in that conversation for a, a Buck Buchanan award. Um, it, you know, tough to say since – Neither are seniors, and the awards committee really likes to award people for more lifetime accomplishments rather than single season. Um, O'Connell continuing his streak of quarterback sacks, tackles for losses, just incredible defensive play. 
And then you got Justin Ford, who yeah, has six games in a row. Six games in a row. Bobby told us a quarterback club that that has never happened before for a Grizzly football team, and there's no one's ever had six in a row. And and then in this game, especially, not only was it a six interception, but it was a touchdown that he turned in. And it's like you look at all these little key points in this very close game that we had, and uh, you know, thank God that happened. I mean, the play he had getting into the end zone, that was, it was amazing. <laughs> just up in the air ball, doing like the jump man thing, you know. I, mean, I want to see, I want to see a like a high res picture of that. <laughs> I would put that on my wall. Oh, they, oh, they better. So I, hope they I will say shot. we talked, we texted about this because in the press conference after the game, it seemed like Bobby was a little bit annoyed with how Ford went into the end zone because he's holding the ball out like. Yeah. He showed the play at QB Club, yeah, and he did not have no criticism, any criticism of it. Okay, um, and I just when we were texting about it, I was thinking, God, if I was a defensive player and I could get anywhere near the end zone with how bad our offense has been at punching it in, yeah, I am getting that ball. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you know? And that dude that Ford was trying to get by, it was, a, it was the uh, one of the guards, seventy-seven, like a big dude, he's an absolute ogre of a human. <laughs> he's huge. Um. <laughs> O'Connell, 10 and a half sacks on the year, 16 tackles for a loss. The 10 and a half sacks is the most since, um, oh, who was it? Somebody in Stitt's first or second. Tyron Holmes, probably. No, it wasn't Tyron. It was after Holmes. No shit. Um, but, uh, yeah. Tucker Shy. I can't remember now. I, could, I might be mixing things up. Okay. That's a good pull, though. Yeah. Tucker Shy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, fascinating. We got, I mean, we've got some, some, uh, Guys defensively. And um, well now, key uh, key block at the end of the game. Key cog on the team. Oh, yeah. my God. Thank God for these guys. And, you know, Gubner fortunately gets his uh, <clears throat> targeting reversed. Mm. And uh, he was a guy that um, was blowing up the middle of the O-line uh, in the backfield a whole bunch, you know. Another team that can't run the ball very that can't that was unable to run the ball on us and Governor was a big piece to that. So again, defense. I mean, they they had like the weird lapses, right? The two both the touchdown drives that um, Southern Utah had, right? There was the early one that was aided by a whole bunch of offsides, and then the one right before the halftime, which was a free play, right? Thanks yeah. to another offsides, and the guy toe taps. I was out tapping my kegs again, but I had it up on my phone and it was tough to tell. It, it looked like maybe, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Went deep. Yeah. So, um, boy though. Yeah. It was, it was a weirdest uh. damn game. I'm glad it's behind us. Um, it has me worried looking forward. I yeah, I was I, hope- I'm not, I'm not full of confidence. I'm worried every week <laughs> from what we're looking I, at now. I was hoping so. that we would get, we were, you know, like a cartographer with a sextant charting <laughs> these points into like the future where KB12 would continue to impress us week after week after week into this uh, wild crescendo as we entered the brawl. Yeah. And this was this was not a you know a point that I wanted to see. I just can't remember being more deflated after a win. <laughs> like oh my god, yeah. they did make it exciting at the end. Um, I've I've mentioned somewhere I don't know if it was on Twitter or what, but that I would probably pick against the Grizz from here on out. And somebody's <laughs> like, "Are you crazy?" You know, it's like they're still better than Northern Colorado. They're still, and I believe that. 
like they should absolutely win against Northern Colorado. They should actually absolutely win against NAU. But they gotta play better. Yeah. Like at some point it doesn't matter if you are better. You gotta play better. And they lost they won by one in Wagris. You're at home in what is supposed to be a very friendly environment. Now you go on the road and I don't know. Northern Arizona, they've been playing good. Um, they're equally as bad, or maybe even a little better. Northern Arizona, yeah. No, they're. I mean, they beat. They're four and four. They're putting up points. So, they're. They've got this weird, probably not, but long shot chance to maybe still be a playoff contender. And who do they play this week? Um, Weber. They played Davis, but Davis. in NAU. So yeah. I'm just thinking you go into you go into someone else's house and execute like you did yeah. last week and you're not gonna win. Well, and again. that was I, I said this after the game. if this Grizz team shows up, they're if they play this way going down the stretch, they're gonna lose all three games. Because Northern Colorado's defense is better than Southern Utah's. I don't know if their offense is better, but I think we have a lot more issues. I think it's a coin toss game. Uh, Northern Arizona is a loss, and the Cats, and we play that way. That's ugly, <laughs> you know. I, I so they've and it's it's been the season's just been so frustrating in some extent. Where we talked about okay, like you got the Washington game, and then what we really want to see is we want to see this offense improve over the next few games until we get to the Eastern game because that's like when we really need to be clicking. And it was like, well. It kind of had – it was like the inverse, right? Like the Western Illinois game was like the best, and then it was like, oh, Cal Poly, suddenly the offense can't score, but everyone else can do stuff, and then Eastern hits, and then we start getting the injury bug, and then we just kind of slog through October with <laughs> just a string of ugly games. Um, so I just – I don't know where we're at. And it's like – and we were talking about this. We're like, okay, so we got through um, – you know, we got beyond Sacramento, and it was like, all right, we've got the stretch of four games – before the cats <laughs> where we need to look better each week. And then it was like, we didn't. And then we kind of did. And then we didn't again. So it's just like, what the hell? And I, I know it's, you know, it's, it's injuries. It's, it's youth. And it's, it's definitely, but it's also definitely spots where, um, you just haven't seen the progression that you thought you would have. You know, I, I personally thought this O line was going to be one of the best we'd had in years. And, They've had great moments. What? Cam only got hit once in the Washington game. You know, um, we ran the ball well early, and then suddenly, you know, we're not. And Southern Utah also did not have to blitz much, and four guys beat five quite frequently. You know, Chris Brown's second interception, um, there's a free rusher right in the middle of the field, you know, and it was one. Of, it was the defensive end came right around the tackle, and he had a straight shot at it. And it was right in Chris's face, and it was a hell of an interception. It was like a one-handed pick. Hard to even really say it's Chris's fault, but our quarterbacks are just running for their life. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just like these things where it's like there was some stuff where you had expectations where oh this O line is going to be great, and they early it was like they look amazing, and it was like they've just not. <laughs> made that step so yeah and we're gonna be younger next year yeah yeah we are this so this is kind of an interesting conversation i was having with one of our loyal pod listeners shout out to jay um 
the identity of this offense, and you look at successful offenses uh, that the Grizz have had, and you have the like the leader, the guy that the team rallies to. You know, 2019, it was Dalton Sneed, right? Easy to say. Uh, and you can look back over previous. A lot of times it was QB, but you could also have like a Chase Reynolds or you know Lex Hilliard or something like that as well too. And I just don't know if this offense has that guy. You know what I'm saying? I don't like, even know who it could be. Who's I mean, the I mean, like defensively? Okay, you have Jason. It you could have, have been you have and Gavin. should have been a Kim, but it's not. But it's not. Yeah, and it's like, is it? You know, so is it Roberts? It doesn't seem like it. And of course, we don't know what goes on in the weight room, the locker room, and in practice and stuff. But it's like on the game day, out there on the field, like that guy. Um, you know, like the Dalton Sneed, like making the great big play, and everyone just like you know hugs him and jumps him and goes nuts and does this, and it's like that outwardly vocal general, the leader on the field, and I see – I don't see it from a single guy on offense on the field. I see it from a lot of guys on defense. But I just – and, again, I'm a dumbass fan sitting in the stadium and watching it on TV, so maybe I have no clue what I'm talking about, but I just – and, you know, I didn't see it. It's just – I don't know. And, and you know, it's, it's so – and it's not a fault. It's just sometimes it's oh, we're so things dumb. happen. Yeah. And I mean, we've had other teams like that before. I can think back to what was that that 2012 season with Delaney, and we were like cycling quarterbacks and all this stuff. And we just were like trying to find bodies again to play a whole bunch, and it was, you know, so it's it's happened before. And so it's it's part of what I wonder. It's like what's wrong with this offense? And it's like maybe we just don't have that, just that kind of attitude and that that leadership on the field. Maybe I don't know. It's it's hard to say as a fan. But it's uh, something I think about when I watch this team play. What's interesting is with the number of young guys playing and stuff like that, like you do wonder if a guy like Chris Brown can step into that. Sure. But is it too little too late for this year? You know, there was a spark when Humphrey came back in. Yeah. You know, this, they moved the ball that first drive. They did. Yeah. And the second drive. But, yeah. But I wouldn't I, – yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. Sometimes it's just a play too, you know. You kind of get there's like weird moments, like watching enough like Grizzly football. What was the season? It was it was 2006. Josh Swagger, remember like he wasn't that great of a quarterback. Um, and it was Portland State, and he like <clears throat> had a key third down pickup late in the game to seal the clock, and he instead of going out of bounds, he puts his helmet down, he runs over a corner, and everyone jumps up and hugs him, and they go nuts and all this stuff like this. But it's just like. Maybe we need that moment or something still, but it's it's just it's one of the biggest things, especially on offense. Yeah, they're young and guys are hurt and we're missing people, but I don't know. I just you watch a lot of games and you see like on field leaders, and I just I, I'm not seeing it. And yeah, it's not like a fault of the coaches. And, no, but I mean injuries have just decimated. I mean, it's like shit happens. Yeah, the guy who you think should be that is Marcus Knight. Marcus Knight, Sammy Cam, Cam Humphrey. Yeah. And maybe Conlon Beaver. Yeah. Right? But like, it's like those you know, should be, nights yeah. hurt. Lineman, it's you could definitely be the leader. And sometimes it's tougher to be the outward mm-hmm. perceived leader, but you can definitely be it, you know. Cam, first year starter is senior year. It's like tricky. It's tricky. And you know, Cam playing the receiver position is tough. And it's like I you know, he's stepped out and he's been a leader on some things over his career here for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and he was a captain. Last year. Last year. Yeah. It's not this year. I don't know what that's all about, but yeah. um, I don't know. <laughs> so. This is great downer talk. I know. We're going to talk about, we'll talk about next week in a little bit. So <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Anything more about Southern Utah? 
Kicking game looked good. Yeah, he's made like four in a row. Money Macias. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I, I'm all about it, Mike. I'm looking for something positive. <laughs> Money Macias, baby. My, hashtag Money Macias. <laughs> it was someone uh, post game I tweeted this but there was a former Grizz player and he's like we are getting worse we're getting worse everywhere where are we getting better and I was like the kicking game and he was like shit you're right <laughs> <laughs> so there you go yeah our special teams has been fantastic I mean and, and the special teams saved the damn day I mean blocking a kick um, getting some good returns making two getting good returns and getting good returns I mean, it's like we lost Gabe Sulzer and then we lose Malik Flowers and we still had good returns. It's like sometimes, you know, like years past, like Mark Mariani get hurt and suddenly we, you know, yeah. in the return game. And it's like, oh, then it's everything's fair catch. And it's like, nope, we're still going out there. going after it. So, yeah, it's something we can still hang our hat on. Let's talk about the rest of the big yeah, sky. Yeah. All right, man. Uh <laughs> It was an exciting week around the conference. Oh. <laughs> well, Portland State doubled up Cal Poly, Hooray. forty-two to twenty-one. Cal Poly is still terrible. They will be for years. Um, we of course beat Southern Utah, then Weber. Damn near tripled up Idaho State. Yeah, I picked Idaho State in that game. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they figured something out against the cats. It's like no, they didn't. They did they not figure shit out. Yeah. Uh, then Sac State actually uh, was played close by Northern Colorado. They damn near should have lost that game. Twenty-seven, twenty-four. Was it UNC had like a late fumble where they were like going in to score? Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Oh boy, that's great news. Yeah, Northern Colorado outscored Sac State in the second half. Yes, they did. So, uh, yeah, Sac State holds on. Sac State's such a weird team, though. Like, they're barely beating bad teams. They smoke NAU. They beat us. I don't know. I just I can't figure them out. And then Northern Arizona goes to Idaho and wins, puts up 38. They score 38 points. But what would Idaho? Idaho. 31. They gave yeah. up 31. <laughs> and he almost gave the game away at the end. Yeah. So Idaho loses at home again. I don't know. And I just, you know, it's like everybody's all over Sac State because it was close to North Colorado. It's like people have to step back, and a win's a win, you know, and we got to remember that too. And what was it? What year was it where we went to Idaho State? 2009. Yeah, and number one seed. 12 to 10. 12 to 10, you know. I mean, sometimes shit happens, and we're in a little a run here. Oof. I mean, people are looking for reasons to say Sac's bad, and maybe Sac isn't as good as – some of the other top teams, but the schedule is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about next week. <laughs> Brent, talk to us about next so week. So dejected. Oh, my God. Hang on. I got to get my UNC info up here. Um, you want to pick the other games first, and then we'll talk about UNC and pick that mm, game last. Let's do it. Yep. All right. <laughs> we have this week Cal Poly going to Sac State. I mean, it should be Sac State. Yeah, I'm going to be Sac, Sac State. Yeah. Luke has Sac State, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> he still hasn't published these. He's hoping you'll forget. Uh, and, and no one has the patience to go back through and listen. <laughs> uh, Southern Utah goes to Idaho. Do you want to pick Southern Utah here? No. I think 
I think Southern Utah got up and played the game. Idaho's fans, there's nobody's going to be there. Like, I think Idaho might actually pull that out. God. I I have no idea who to pick on this. Um, <laughs> I, I have consistently picked against Southern Utah since they're leaving conference, so I will pick Idaho. I'll pick Idaho, too. Um, gosh, they're at home. They've got to win one more. Then we have... That'll be Paul Petrino's, you know, signature win of the I season. beat Southern Utah. <laughs> I they didn't almost, lose they almost beat Southern Montana. <laughs> By proxy, we got that. Uh, UC Davis goes to Northern Arizona. That's a tough one. I, I just... Like, NAU's 4-4. Four and four. Davis is... What are they? 6-2? and two? I can't remember. Davis is yeah six and two six and two. The win over Tulsa. Yes. Are they seven and one then? They might be seven and one. They're ranked ahead of us too. Yeah. So there we go. Their one loss is. I can't even remember. I'm looking at. They it. lost to Weber. No, they beat Weber. <clears throat> beat Weber. They lost to Idaho State. I thought they lost in the preseason to someone else. They're stupid. All right. Preseason. Or pre-conference. <laughs> yeah, they're seven and one. They beat... oh, they lost to you and I, right? No, that was sack. God, why am I getting crossed up? They lost to Idaho State. They lost to Idaho State. Yeah, in Pocatello. I just said oh. that seconds. Oh, I don't believe anything you say, Mike. I know. We, I, your attitude. Is typical politician. We fact-checked him. God. <laughs> yeah. It's exhausting. I don't know why I do this anymore. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah. What do you guys think? I'm going to pick Davis. I just, NAU's four wins are against really bad football teams, and you want to. And their defense is bad. Like, yeah, I'm picking Davis, too. And Davis had a week off, right? Didn't they? No, they didn't. No. But still, I'm going to go with Davis. It would be interesting and probably helpful uh, for NAU to win for other playoff teams. Weber did have a week off. Yeah, so Weber is probably cheering quite hard for NAU. But, yeah, probably Davis. Yeah, I think Davis is going to win that coming off the bye. It is at NAU, so you're like, ah, home field a little bit. But I'll take Davis. Yeah. Uh, then Idaho State is going to get spanked by BYU. What a weird week <laughs> to play BYU. Well, BYU is an independent, so it's like they got to play yeah. you know, a weird mm-hmm. week, weird game every week. Uh, then we have Portland State goes to Weber State. I think Portland State's going to pull off the upset. Oh, I know wow, that Weber, that. like everyone's on the Weavers, turn their season around, and maybe they have, and and they've got Bronson back, who I like as a QB. Yeah. Um, and maybe Portland State's offense isn't good enough to score on Weaver State, but I they have to prove that their offensive output against Eastern is that they've turned their season around because prior to that, their offensive output period has been terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Well, Portland State scored 42 last week. They've scored 42 a couple times. Pauly. Yeah, against bad teams. They scored 31 against Idaho State. 35 in a loss to Idaho. What, they scored 21 on the Cats? 17 on the Cats. Cats. Okay, so they'll probably score. They got the offense, yeah. Will they give up more than 17 points to Weber? I think yes. Weaver's going to run the ball on. 
That's kind of a sexy pick, though, for the Portland State. I'll go. I'm going to stick with Weaver. I think Weaver runs the table. Kind of makes it interesting. It kind of feels like Jay Hill's got them in that back against the wall mentality. Yeah. Um, but I could. I wouldn't be surprised by an upset. Weaver for Luke. Uh, finally, Montana State. Well, not finally, but uh, in the penultimate game, Montana State goes to Eastern Washington. <sighs> First of all, I think this is going to be a fun game. Yeah. 2 what, p.m. I was going to say. I, here's the thing. Like, I wasn't surprised that Eastern dropped a game this year because that's what Eastern does. I do not see them losing two in a row at home. I know that Eastern's defense isn't great, and I know that Weber ran the ball against them, which is what Montana State does well. I just don't think Montana State has the offense to keep up. Like – Montana State's offense against decent or above defensive defensive teams has been bad. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if Eastern brings the defensive intensity that they had against us, I think they win this game. Yeah, and it's like you know they they lost, so their backs are on the wall a little bit a little bit to try and maintain an opportunity to win the conference, get a high seed. It's pretty wild. So the number one scoring offense is Eastern, 51.5 points per game. And the number one scoring defense is Montana State at 10.4 points per game. <clears throat> Who have they played? Nobody with a good offense. <laughs> Portland State. <laughs> that, the yeah. sixth best offense in the conference. Yeah, I mean, like both, the Grizz' two <laughs> losses are to better offenses than yeah. MSU has played. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the Grizz' defense – is probably second to the Cats' defense at this point. We've had our own issues, but... Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know who to pick on this. Because, like, I... Weber laid the foundation for probably the best way to beat Eastern Washington. And I think Montana State definitely has the defense and the defensive guys do that. They can get pressure with their front four. They can have Troy Anderson float and keep... I mean, Troy Anderson versus Eric Berrier when Barry is like out of the pocket is going to be worth the price of admission that, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff to watch there, I think, but it's definitely if, uh, if Eastern gets a couple quick scores, hops up and you're in the third quarter and they're up by 14, 17, 21, you name it. I don't, Montana State's not built to do that, you know. Now, like the Weber game showed, though, if it is a tight game or if Eastern's down, Eric Berrier does not play the best football when he's pressed, it appears. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, real costly pick in that Weber game. And you can go back, like, spring ball when he was down a lot of his weapons, like trying to be the hero and getting himself in a lot of trouble. Um, I'm going to pick Eastern Washington. Um. God, I could see it go either way. I'll put me down for Eastern. I think with the week off, I agree with Mike though that the two, I and, and I think some of that kind of intangible plays where if MSU is down a couple scores in the fourth, they're probably dead. If Eastern's down a couple scores in the fourth, they're not dead. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of some of those little things as well too. So I'll say Eastern. Is there a preferable outcome for the Grizz here? Yeah, probably at MSU, and honestly. At MSU, and then um, we beat MSU. Well, I think because what you probably want for Montana, cause 
the conference is out of reach probably with two conference losses. So what you're looking at is ranking and seeding and what you need, what we need as Grizz fans. I mean, it'd be great if Eastern could sink below us because get in the playoffs and get them back into Washington Grizzly. That'd be pretty fun. Um, but, you know, so you got these things where it's like you want Davis and Weber and Eastern to probably lose a game or two because it helps Montana out. Say they go 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh down the stretch. So it helps us more than probably just more parity if the playoff committee is looking at five big sky teams that are eight and three god forbid and then one that's seven and four that makes it tough that makes it really tough so but yeah well and you know if the Grizz can figure their shit out and beat the cats at the end and if they're at that point like the number three team in the country that sure makes it a real nice win to springboard you into the postseason too i think montana state wins this game interesting do you remember how close like, I mean, we played Eastern so close, and it and you know it came down to maybe even the last play, um, Barrier dropping some dimes thirty five yards downfield. Yeah, I kind of think I trust MSU's offense just a smidge more than I trust our offense right mm, now, mm-hmm. and their defense um, is going to be able to to wreak havoc in the way that. Uh, Montana wreaked havoc. Yeah, I think I think MSU is going to execute better than UM on offense, and if we executed a little bit better, we win that game. Oh yeah, I, I, that's like that's what makes it so tough because the Cats can get pressure with just their four man front, where the Grizzly offense is defense is not was not is not was not will not be designed to get pressure with your front. Yeah, that allows them a lot more freedom in the secondary. And especially kind of that mid-short, some of these other things, to take some of that away from, which is exactly what Weber did. So, And MSU's ability to run the ball and control the clock with Afonso is better than Weber's. And Weber was damn, damn good at that. Although they did have to fake three punts to win the game, it's crazy. <laughs> um, I, so, like, I, I could totally see it. I think that'll work again. Do you think Eastern's oh falling for another fake punt this year? So I say, everyone should fake punt against Eastern now. Three in a game. Could you imagine, like, being like, after one, being like, okay, damn it, don't do that again. Yeah. And the crazy thing, I, Weaver's fake punts, like, all three of them were different. Like, one was like a snap to the the protection guy, and another was a pass. And yeah, Madden <laughs> only gives you two. Yeah. And they had three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Madden, it's like a run or a, like a pass to one of the, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, crazy stuff. That should be a fun game. Yeah, 2 o'clock. 2 uh-huh. o'clock. Will this be on at Paradise, Mike? I'm sure it will be. You sure it will be. It's on SWX, yeah. ESPN+. Plus. Root didn't pick this up? Root. No. Root only has four games this year, and it's something to do with the new hockey expansion team in Seattle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's only, I mean, yeah. there's only so much uh, airtime available. Okay. I got to quickly. All right, Brent. And now. All right. To the showcase game of the week, <laughs> Montana goes to Greeley. Oh, boy, you guys. Um, okay, so if you follow Northern Colorado Press, they have officially turned the corner. And um, 
that was the article in the Greeley paper. It's coming together. They are clicking. They are firing on all cylinders. They are, they've got it figured out. Um, tough to actually say if that is the truth because uh, they are in their last five games. They're one and four uh, with a one win, a 17 to nine win against Southern Utah. So common opponent, uh, Southern Utah, they, they beat them by more than we did, I guess. So there's that. Um, <clears throat> like we talked about, Sac State in Sac State. Uh, no, sorry, no, it was in Greeley. Um, had a tough game against them. Um, did come away with the win, but a three-point win. Uh, Davis, it, it's it's kind of – this is when I was looking at Southern Utah, when I was looking at their schedule last week, they had a bad record. But they played a lot of good teams. Like, they lost to a lot of good teams. And you go down the line for UNC. So they lost to Colorado, mm. expected. They beat Houston Baptist, who I don't think has beat anybody. <laughs> they then lose by seven to Lamar. I can't. I couldn't tell you if Lamar is good or not. Um, they beat NAU the week after NAU beats Arizona. So 4-4 four four NAU. Then they lose 40-7 to to the Cats. Then oh. they lose 17-63 to to Eastern Washington. Then they lose 3-32 to to UC Davis. So that's like you play, at that point, the number 12 Cats, the number 4 Eagles, and the number 12 Aggies. Brutal schedule. I mean, that's a tough damn schedule. And over that stretch, you know, they score 27 total points in those three games. Then they bounce back and they play Southern Utah. And then, oh, hey, here comes <laughs> tied for first place Sacramento State. And you lose that game by three. So, um UNC, another, you know, bad team. They're three and six overall. Um, but they, like, these losses are losses to strong teams. They're not losing to, um, well, Southern Utah. Or, and mm-hmm. they're not losing to uh, other bad teams in the conference as of yet. And, in fact, so they play they, – this is just a brutal schedule for UNC. So they, they play us, they got a week off, and they go to Weber State. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, damn, that's a tough, tough, just like no breaks. You look at like the Grizz and the Cats where it's like, okay, we got a tough game and then we got a couple easy ones and we got a tough game and then we got a handful of easy ones and we got another tough one. How so, random is this? Is it random? It's supposed to be. God. <laughs> oh, that hurts. I mean, it, it, it's challenging. And so then you look at this and, of course, so um, Northern Colorado, third worst scoring offense in the conference. Um, third worst scoring defense in the conference. Um, third worst rushing offense. Second worst rushing defense. Um, dead last passing offense. Uh, averaging 161 yards a game. Dead last passing defense. <laughs> uh, so it's just like... They're going to need Christian McCaffrey to come through that. <laughs> um, but like... Uh, and we'd heard about this as well, too. Like, So this is a team, you know, first-year head coach, uh, Ed McCaffrey. And he's got his son at quarterback who is... is it, it, you know, where was he before? Was he at Michigan? Where was he, Mike? Michigan was his last stop. Was it, was it yeah. Michigan? Okay. But so, um, you know, just not really like putting up like the numbers I think that they thought he was going to have. Like he's he's a runner. He's he is uh, he's got fifty one rushes and <clears throat> averages. You know, his average isn't great, but obviously you lose some on sacks. But he he's tied for the team lead in rushing touchdowns with four. Although Chris Brown probably is our <laughs> rushing leader on our team. So, um, but he's only averaging one hundred forty one pass yards per game. 
um, more interceptions and touchdowns. They're kind of they've had kind of a mix and match of, of other running backs as well too. Uh, they've got a couple receivers. This uh, number eleven kid, Dylan Thomas. I think he's the kid from TCU. Um, they've they've like what we've seen a lot of new coaches do, and UNC's done this a lot. Is they've snapped in like a lot of JUCOs and drop downs and things like that to try and catch some lightning while you build your system. In theory, yeah. In theory. Or in his case, I think he thought that he was just going to have stars and dominate the Big Sky Conference <laughs> and get a better job. I really believe that. You could be right, yeah. Because what was it? They they got a kid from TCU and they got a kid from where else? Um, was it USC? It was Pac-12, yeah. And so I mean, it's like they just they added in a bunch of guys. So um, you know, you look at them statistically, and it's like this team should be terrible. Um, but on the flip side, it's like they have played the they at the end of the season they will have played the entire tops of the Big Sky Conference, and while some of them beat the hell out of them. Sacramento State did not. Um, they're going to be ready for us. And this is going to be one where, you know, people are going to say, oh, it's UNC and they're terrible and blah, 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 no, blah. Uh, this is going to, like, this Chris team better be yep. damn No, well they're prepared. looking for a win. And I guarantee you their coaches are saying there's blood in the water. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? um, <clears throat> they, it's an aggressive defense. I actually see. In some of the stuff that we've seen on them so far, I see a little bit of the type of defense Montana runs. Um, so it, it's going to be uh, a little fascinating to see how we can counter that because I think, again, like Mike said, blood in the water. I think the UNC coaching staff is going to look at the struggles our offensive line has had, is going to assume it's either going to be a hobbled Cam Humphrey or a redshirt freshman Chris Brown, and they're going to bring a lot of heat. And so how we can counteract that, we did good against Idaho. So that could be something because Idaho blitzed the shit out of us. And for the most part, we made them pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, could be a good sign there. Um, kind of a, a funny thing because what, what we get at Quarterback Club as well, too, is um, you get a little bit of film breakdown and some things like this. And so this, this kind of fascinated me because I've never seen a team do this. Have you, Mike, with that offensive set that he showed us? No. Um, so UNC, in a lot of their games – will play a full series of goal line personnel. So they'll have four tight ends and a running back wherever. Like they'll be on their – They'll be on their 20, and they'll go goal line and just smash, 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 smash. And so I would – and again, you know, it's like – and it sounds like it's something that they roll out in – a lot of their games, not all their games. Sometimes they do it a few times a game, sometimes just once. You know, so will they look at that opening Idaho drive and say, okay, Montana's going to go base and not change anything up. So let's just go heavy and get five yards of carry until they stop us. They just do some weird, weird stuff. So, um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, you look at the schedule and these games are going to get progressively harder. UNC is battle-tested against good teams that they have been unable to beat. NAU has a pretty dangerous offense that is going to pose some threats. And then the Cats right now are the number one team in the conference. And so um, this this game is the, the building block that we need to put this improvement upon and be prepared for because we can't play the same sloppy crap that we did against Southern Utah and expect to win. That, we'll, we'll lose by double digits. So... Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it, it's going to be a battle. And the other bitch of it is we're not going to have a Montana broadcast. <laughs> we're going to go watch the NAU broadcast of this on ESPN Plus. Silly. Does, does that mean? Does that mean we're going to the game? That was one of the questions for. Uh, you know, if somebody's <laughs> got a private plane and wants to take us, we will go. Yes. Oh yeah. Fig- yeah. We'll, we'll. Yep. I'll buy drinks. Yep. <laughs> we'll go. Let us know. We'll figure it out. So yeah, if you pull it up, um, your only way to watch this on TV is ESPN Plus, and that's going to be the feed of the UNC. Whatever. So. Yeah. But, it's gonna uh, be brutal. It's, I mean, remember a couple of years ago when we played? Was it Polly? Yes. Yeah. And like the camera was stuck on. Oh my god! It's gonna be. But terrible. you could you could see the game because the camera was stuck on their scoreboard. Point, yeah. So you couldn't actually see the game, but you were watching it uh, through the scoreboard. And yeah. the tough the tough thing with streaming, right? Is streaming is like a minute delayed a lot of times, and I haven't stacked up like big sky conference but the whole oh mute the tv and turn on the radio it's like i think i think riley and greg are going to be a minute ahead of the stream i would venture the guess but it might be worth might be worth a try to just tune into tune into grizz radio because i have no idea who unc's guys are um one other thing as well too i don't think since last time we were there northern colorado now has sprint turf field so uh, they used to have that kind of so like no more sloppy, long grass. Yeah, sloppy, ugly grass field. Now that is gone as well. So yeah, my hope is that because McCaffrey has shown shown so little interest in actually coaching, that we won't get out coached, and they won't scheme for the things that we do as as well as some of the other opponents have done to us. <laughs> you could be right. It's tough to tell. Yeah. I don't know. Or they could be peaking at the right time. They're finding their groove. They found their groove. They're ready to go. So, who do you think starts at QB? Chris Brown. I mean, I think if it's not Chris Brown, the coaches are being irresponsible. Because, like, to me, you looked at Humphrey, and what I saw was a guy who was, like, cleared – but maybe not ready. Yeah. And like, you could tell like this made no sense to me when you <laughs> tweeted this out. I, I just, I can't, I can't help that you can't understand, you know, deeper dives. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair enough. <laughs> your dives are so shallow. Luke. So shallow. Luke. Get some scuba. Um, no, but to me, to me watching him, like he was, Running full strength, but to me it appeared like it was like a ginger, gingerly running full strength. And I just felt like the first time he gets hit, he's going to come up limping, and he did. And then he got hit again, and then they didn't play him. Yeah. So what I'm saying is either he was healthy and ready to play, and you start him, or you don't play him, or you wait until the very end and just get him some cleanup snaps to to get his groove back. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you do what we did last week. And so I don't. I think they need whether they want to use him the rest of the year or not. I think they don't play him this week to make sure that he's freaking healthy. Unless maybe it's a Dalton Sneed thing where it's like if they're really struggling, they bring him in. But I don't think the plan should be we start Chris Brown and then we give Cam some snaps. They need to let him get healthy. Yeah, my thought is that, I agree. Well, first of all. The implication is that a doctor is going to clear a player who 
isn't healthy nor ready. No, see, don't don't do this. Guys come back from injury too soon all the time. Are you saying that the team yes. doctor rushed no. the clearance oh, of Cam God. Humphrey back? My God, Mike. My God. First of all, I doubt it's a team doctor. This isn't... We have a doctor. I mean, this isn't the Dallas Cowboys. We, but we have like, a doctor. I'm sure we do. Doctor, yeah, Fritz. But I'm sure that whoever was Cam's doctor made the final decision, and I don't want to talk about that anymore because I don't want to get into anything. <laughs> I just, I think that it would be fine to throw Cam in if they need to change pace, and if they need to maybe pull KB12 on the sideline and say, "Oh, we got a couple things to tell you." You know, you know who they could put in if they need to change pace? Robbie Patterson. Robbie Patterson. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know that they can, Mike. Because <laughs> if Robbie Patterson was the guy, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to, but it's just like to me, it was obvious afterwards that he just wasn't ready. Now the argument would be, well, no, he went 10 of 14, and if we had a cleaner pocket. He would have been Sammy fine. catches that one pass. You know, but yeah. we don't have a clean pocket. No, we don't. Like, we don't. We're struggling. Yeah, it's it's like that little kid's pocket. I'm just so negative. <laughs> Got a bunch of lint in there. <laughs> Bubble gum. Yeah. Yeah, you got like a little Sour rocks. Patch kid that's been melted and stuff. Some rocks. Gumming up the works. Yeah, yeah. grass. Just <laughs> random stuff. Is that, is that a caterpillar? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be Chris that starts. Unless if Cam is 100% going the whole way, barring, yeah, further. I just. Yeah. I could imagine the scenario where we don't see him until Kagger is. I can see it. For sure. I mean, that's honestly what I would do. I wouldn't play him next week. And then my approach the week after would be you start Brown, you get ahead a little bit, and then you get him reps where if it's like he's anywhere near getting sacked, you throw it away. Like, don't take any hits, but get used to it. I don't know. I know that's not how the world works. And if we lose this week, my God. But... Thanks for putting that negative. Wow. In here, Way to manifest Damn. that. Wow. Yeah. But I agree. Should be Chris Brown. Should be. Yep. So it won't be. <laughs> Danny okay. Britt. Here we go. Danny Britt. <laughs> All right. Do we pick it? Uh, I think Grizz by a, like a field goal. Oh, man. <sighs> no, I think I think. I think it's going to kind of be like the Idaho game. I think we're just, I think we're going to, we oddly play better on the road than we do at home right now, um, which is weird, but I'll take it because we got two road games in front of us. And so I think, but I definitely don't see anything where suddenly we go from whatever that was we saw on Saturday to a well, you know, a well-oiled machine. So, um, I don't know, like a score, but I think it's going to be. I, I again, I, I think our offense. I, we can't rely on this offense to put a lot of points on the board. So I would see something offense upper twenties, maybe low thirties, and UNC's offense maybe, you know, ten, fourteen points, something like that. So the one thing that's interesting to me is like in this month of 
Meh. Their away game at Idaho was their best game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That being said, I think Northern Colorado is going to win this game. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Oh, Michael. And I'm oh. not going to let Luke talk me out of it. Michael, like, we need to – what do you – We take the candy away from Brent. We have been playing very badly. <laughs> Prove it. Prove it to me. Pick a Northern Colorado. What? Oh, we're putting that on Twitter. Oh, my God. Mike, what's gotten into you? What are you doing? I'm setting are myself you... up not to be disappointed, Luke. Is this a re- oh, oh, my God. <laughs> so you'll be happy when the Grizz lose, is what you're saying. I won't be that's, happy, that's but I won't be said. devastated. Oh, my Lord. Should the Grizz win? You're goddamn right they should. But they got to prove it. I mean, because they're a mess. Like, their offense scored 13 points against the worst team yeah. in the league at home. Yeah. It's true. Prove Mike wrong. That should be hashtag prove Mike wrong. Hashtag prove Mike wrong. Oh I think gosh, we should focus Mike. on hashtag college game day and all that stuff. <laughs> yes. but, oh. you know. <laughs> this hits me differently. Mike. <laughs> I think Luke got up to like, you know, yep. <laughs> get a beer, or hit the bathroom real quick, and then Mike just like rained oh, that down on him. he just dropped a bomb on me. It's like being told you're adopted or something. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I was talking to your mom. <laughs> anyway, uh, should we uh, jump into questions? <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I got Twitter up. You got Twitter up because it's kind of funny when we were talking. I was going to joke about this. The uh, the argument that you two were kind of having about doctors and clearing people to play mm-hmm. was the whole first page of Egris about three people complaining and calling each other names. Not so much, but kind of in true Egris fashion bitching about the very same thing, but not actually asking questions to the pot. So, um, yeah, it, fascinating that this conversation also unfolded on good old egress. But if you got Twitter up and you want to fire away with a few, let's do it. <laughs> All right, we'll start with Brian Morseau. Of the top tier in the big sky, Sack, Weber, Grizz, MSU, Eastern Washington, Davis, who to you, meaning us, the GFP, yes. has the most approved to justify playoff consideration and potential seating? And then he wants us to please answer this as though we are the playoff committee with Mike serving as chief justice. Why are you the chief justice? what a world that would be. (laughs) I could clean up that committee and all their participation trophies. (laughs) Well, we we made all the conferences get auto bids, and then we still, like, want to give, like, the second team from these crappy conferences the chance to get in the playoffs. It's like, no. It, that would be like the second place Big Sky Conference men's basketball team getting in over like the third place Pac-12 yeah, basketball team. Yeah, yeah. It should never happen. Well, and you see this like especially these teams from these lower tier conferences, they come in and they're they're ten and one, and their one loss was to some, and then they play like they don't they don't get a seed, and that or they do get a seed, and then an at large comes and absolutely obliterates. One them. of the seeds, one of the projected seeds this year, for media darlings, is Southeastern Louisiana University. Yeah. When was the last time that Southeastern Louisiana made the playoffs in a full regular season? 2019. And who did they lose to? Uh, us. And what was the score? Like 150 to 3? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was like 70 to 28 or something like that. Beat the shit out of them. I them, mean, the, this drives me nuts. And then some of the fans and Kyler eat it up. <laughs> Kyler, the Eastern Washington guy. Um, Maybe Chris a little bit too, and like get start these narratives. It's like those teams, those conferences do not deserve auto bids over Big no. Sky teams that you know struggle to you know win out in the Big Sky, but 
would destroy the conference. Like that's the whole point of the at-large bids. We don't owe these people participation trophies beyond the participation trophies we're already giving them. Yep. Back to Brian Marcel's question, which wasn't that at all. Um, who has the most to prove? Who has <clears> most <throat> proof? Well, I mean, I think Weber does because they're playing for their lives. Yeah. So I mean, they have to win out, and they will be on the bubble. I think they'll get in if they win out, but they have to win out. So I mean, I think Weber's the easy one. I think outside of that, I think Sack and Davis, and of course Montana, it's a different conversation, have the most to prove on a seating front. I honestly, right now, I'm not sure that any of Sack or Davis or Montana has a full argument to be seated. I think we've got to, we've got to play out the season and see how it goes. Um, but I think those to me would be bubble teams on the seeding. I think that if Eastern can win out, they're definitely a seed. I think Montana State could be a seed even if they lose to Eastern if they beat Montana. Yep. yep. Or <clears throat> maybe so. vice versa, but the losing at the end of the – season i don't know but they'd have a win over weber and a win over eastern eastern or montana yeah yeah so that'd be a couple of good ones um i honestly i think it's montana because yet the week one win against washington in a pac-12 stadium it doesn't matter that washington is four and four or if they were you know that is that is a big win i'm trying to find people keep trying to downplay that it's, oh, yeah. Well, um, it's hard enough to convince the committee when we can't even convince Mike. So, here, Frank Gagola. Oh. <laughs> Frank Gagola of Missoulian tweeted this today. His greatest football stat of the day. Montana's six wins are against teams that are combined 10 and 40. They haven't beat a team with a winning record. Best win is Washington 4-4. Four four. Their two losses have come to teams that are 13 and 3. Their remaining three opponents are 14 and 11. So, um a nine and two or an eight and three Montana. It's really hard to say that they're not in the playoffs, um, but uh, I, I it seems like they've got a lot to prove. Where Sac has a win against the Grizz, MSU's got a win against Weber. They're, they've got more chances to prove it. Davis has to play, I think, Eastern still, so Davis is going to have another chance. Davis has a, uh, an FBS win. Um, Weber's got. I mean, this Portland State game is, I think, their last tough game. So, um, <clears throat> you know, they beat Eastern. So, in terms of having a, a win against a big team, especially within your conference, Montana's kind of the one that doesn't yet. So, yeah. Hmm. Good question. Yeah. Yeah, great question. All right, Bozeman Grizz wants to know, I was just thinking after we host game day, should we crowdsource the funds to make a movie about it? Are you in, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> Hell Yeah. I'll produce it. I'll I'll do something. Is this a, a, a slight at that cat fan making the Miracle Missoula video that <laughs> yeah. Coulter's all hyped up about? Oh my god! Yes, it is. Okay, <clears throat> totally. Luke's tweet hurt hurt feelings. I didn't think it'd be that controversial. It was hilarious. It's easily... I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, I must have missed his tweet somehow. Do you? Let me see mean, if I can find muted, Mike. I mean. Every day. It was easily the most uh, like interacted with tweet I've ever had. In my I life. have it right here. Um, so, you know, there's a tweet about the Miracle Missoula. It's very close to completion. So uh, Luke uh, tweets, it says, It's wild to me that despite recent history, winning the brawl is so foreign to MSU supporters that they'll make a documentary when they win the game. 
100 likes, 12 okay, retweets. I saw that. I might have liked it, and I'm on board with it. <laughs> I think I think there's a, actually a funnier comment that actually received likes from Gris football players <laughs> as a response that said, I'll pay you $5,000 not to show it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a funny tweet from, I think, an Eastern Washington guy who said they made a documentary about who would finish fourth in the big sky. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that's something <laughs> okay Luke Rounds what do you three think the chances of college game day actually will come to the Brawl of the Wild I think it's pretty high it sounds like there's we the fans need to do their part we need to show them that we're excited about it seems pretty good to me yeah it's in our, I think it's in our hands now honestly and like I said earlier I think having with the athletic department pushing this and the conference pushing it it, it feels a lot more like a strong chance than just a nice hope. Yeah. Let's get it done. Yep. All right. Bozeman Green wants to know who should the celebrity guest picker be? Um, I actually think J.K. Simmons is probably a decent chance to be the celebrity guest picker. If we're too busy setting up our tailgates. Yeah. yeah I mean, otherwise it should be <laughs> us. Yeah. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Immense, somebody who threw out there Pearl Jam. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Those are good answers. I don't yeah, know. I, w- I would love to see J.K. Simmons. He'd be great at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talk about like former that. players, but that's not really how they – like none of our player, former players are famous enough to – you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If we're like – yeah, yeah. Like, you know, if it was seven, eight years ago, have Mark Mariani or someone still in the pros. Who's still in the NFL. Yeah. yeah, but we don't really have that anymore. So, yeah. All right. Taylor Sloan wants to know, what's the deal with our running back room? Sumberg said pregame we had our full stable of guys, and Bergen got damn near every carry, smokescreen. And which QB gives us the best chance to beat the Cats and vote for Nuge? I'll hang up and listen. All right, appreciate that. Um, smokescreen. I mean, first of all, yes. I don't. I love Sunberg, but, I mean, he's talking about our full room minus the guys injured because Knight's absolutely not back. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Osmo – the, idea, the plan was to play him, and he got hurt again. Childs was suited up. They didn't play. So was Harris. Harris was suited up, too. Um, I mean, they still like those guys. So I don't – I just think we're just so banged up that we just can't I, – all I know is, like, if he had guys if, – if any of those guys were available, he wouldn't be giving Bergen 20-plus carries a game. That's no. just not. No. But I don't know. Yeah, agreed. How, how many games has Harris played? Uh, let me look it up. I mean, if he was suited up, then, you know, because there could be an argument if it's only four that maybe they're trying to save his red shirt. But if they were doing that, they wouldn't be suiting him up. I think he's played more than four. I think he's played five. I will confirm in a minute. And which QB gives us the best chance to beat the Cats? Cam Humphrey. Chris Brown. <laughs> Ooh, I think it's Cam Humphrey. Oh, you're supposed to say Robbie Patterson. Robbie Patterson. Robbie oh, Patterson. Oh, is that what you said? <laughs> oh, no. Gotcha. <laughs> I actually have a ton of confidence in KB12, and I, I have confidence that Cam Humphrey won't make big mistakes. I was going to say, I think that if we can merge him, because <laughs> um, I think that the Cats will blitz the, or pressure the hell out of Brown, which is an issue. I think to beat the Cats, we need to do some things down the field that Cam maybe isn't as good as Brown at doing. But Brown has to have the confidence. To Maybe do it, they so. should play in both. Mike. Who knows? Ooh, if I they're like both that. healthy, do side whatever QB rotation you want. I don't care. 
Chris starts at running back. Cam at quarterback. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Kyle Dyrud says, would you rather fight 25 angry beavers or one angry Conlon beaver? <laughs> I love that tweet. Oh, man. Uh, neither. Oh, man. Do you feel like you could maybe like run away from Conlon beaver or it might be Ooh. get like surrounded by 25 angry beavers? I just don't could want to be anywhere de- near could angry dis- Conlon beaver. <laughs> could you <laughs> yeah. distract a group of beavers? <laughs> Throw down like a, you know, like pick some, them off one by one. Some pine. Could you like throw Hunger some games? Them? <laughs> throw some pine branches around. Like here's a birch, and then you could take them one at a time. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be around Colin Beaver though. That dude's huge. I feel like you could strategize better to to divide. 25 angry beavers than the one angry Conlon beaver. Maybe you throw like some breakfast burritos at that guy. I don't know. <laughs> they don't make them anymore. <laughs> that's, so, that's the saddest thing ever. Sad. Xavier Harris played five games. Washington, Polly, Eastern, Dixie, Sack. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And technically he redshirted the year before. Old buddy. No, he didn't. He was a true freshman last year. You're right. I'm yep. wrong. I know. This one time. <laughs> All right, uh, old buddy Bridger says, which one is b- the bigger underdog that should have won, but the Grizz still squeaked by game? This one or the early two thousands Grizz intercepted a late sack state pitch and returned for a touchdown to win it? Any others? Well, we went to the national championship in that two thousand yeah. uh, upset. So and the sack had a upset. good team then, like Ricky Ray was. We went to QB, the CFL, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> and this one was just as tenuous, like. If we don't block that field goal and it goes in, we have like less than three yeah. minutes to score. I don't think we do I'm gonna it. I'm going to say maybe that one, be, and here's why. Because Sac State was winning that game and then messed up. Yeah. In this game, Southern Utah had every opportunity given to them to win this game and, and still it. lost it. Yeah. You know, like we said earlier, won the turnover battle, had more, way more penalties, you know, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, you know, somebody else added like the last minute field goal to beat one in ten Idaho State, which we talked about. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. All right, Curtis Wallace says, choose one. The Grizz run the table and win the national championship this year, but the three of you have to live together in Greeley in a studio apartment, can only attend Northern Colorado football games during the twenty twenty two season, or same as above, but you all have to wear hot pink t shirts with a photo of Paul Petrino that says "I heart Paul." You have to wear them every day in 2022 to work, QB club, social functions, etc. If anyone asks why, you can only respond with, I just dig the guy. <laughs> or the Grizz missed the playoffs the next three seasons. As always, <laughs> thank you for CDA to the inspiration. And he put some ground rules in and said, oh, the shirt always has to be your outer layer and no covering it up with jackets, hoodies, or realtor blazers. And yes, Mike has to wear it to city council meetings. Got to win first. Uh, I agree. I'm wearing the shirt. I Luke Rounds replied, said, wear the shirt you wear. Wear the shirt. Wear the damn shirt. Because here's the thing. Loopholes are not. This world still exists where we do the podcast. (laughs) And I might not be able to tell you why I'm wearing the shirt, but you guys are going to know. And that word will get out there. We we have an option to live together, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've lived with Mike. He's a great roommate. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Luke. Oh. I miss living I think, with you too. I think that would be so fun. Live with your friends for a year in your thirties. Oh. Count me in. Oh, man. I want to live with you guys. We got a room in the basement. Just move in. I think James will enjoy it. 
Um, actually, on that note, I was trying to something. Oh, I was at a party, the neighbor's party last night for Halloween, and Stacy asks, "Was Luke there?" And I said, "Not while I was there." Um, and um, Hannah's sitting on the couch, and she goes, "Was Brent there?" <laughs> <laughs> she just assumes, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff Blanchett says. How do medical red shirts work? Is Osmo eligible for one if he only plays X amount of games? And if that's so, is there any point in him burning one of those games? So Osmo actually has his full red shirt available if he plays less than four games. Medical red shirts, it is le- if you play less than X percent of the team's snaps in a year. Yeah. Is it snaps or oh, games? I don't know. Um, you, you are eligible to apply for a medical red shirt. But I do think that... Um, Maybe we'll see those approved a little bit less. Although, actually, the NCAA seems to be on a kick of just approving every waiver, yeah. period. Right. Because they're afraid of getting sued. Kymer <laughs> uh, reporter Jack Marshall says, if you got to choose one player in all of college football to join the Grizz for just one game this year, who would you choose? And he means current players. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I just, uh, you know, call Nick Saban and have him drop Bryce Young on a plane and have him come out for the cat game. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. That'll work. <laughs> yeah, no. Take it. Uh, I'd take a quarterback any day. Oh, my God, especially that guy. How insane is it that we have the turnover margin that we do with how loose the offense has been with the ball? I mean, we have Ford in our uh, defensive backfield, so. Yeah, we were. I think we were plus seven before this game, and so now we're plus four, so we're still on the positive side of it, despite one. Ugly game, but yeah. All right. What would you rather have come to the brawl, game day or bar stool? I personally, I go game day. I just think maybe it's speaking like a forty-plus-year-old man or something. But there's I, a bigger reach. Yeah. But bar stool. I only like about half the stuff bar stool does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, and I love. I only like about half the stuff ESPN does though as well too. I so. love a lot of the stuff bar stool does. But there's also a, a yeah. big swath of it that I scroll past immediately. I think if there was like Barstool is going to do a thing before a Grizz game, I think you're going to have a nice little college turnout and mm-hmm. a nice little 20 something turnout. I think if you say ESPN game days in Missoula, that day is like a national holiday um, and the whole town shuts down. So it seems like the, yeah, the impression will make upon the town would be greater. All right. Uh, Robert Strossel says, wishful thinking maybe. What are the chances Bobby is just a mad genius and we have players available and schemes available for Grizz Cat that he just isn't showing anyone? Things seem very off, but that cheeky grin on his face leads me to believe something is going on. I don't think that's his style. (laughs) But I could see if in this season, with how hamstrung we are by injuries and maybe, uh, you know, failure of development in some spots that he might have some cards up his sleeve that he's willing to to play in big moments or in in a big game like the brawl but i think his style is i'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do and we're gonna execute and you can't stop us i don't need no tricks so if he's into this if he's if he's playing if he's running trick plays in weird schemes it's because he's been painted into a corner not because that's what he prefers to do. It seems in some regards he's, this time around, there's more stubbornness to what we do is what we do, and we stick to it. So I I don't know. I don't see a smokescreen. 
Yeah. No, I don't think you let the smoke Wishful thinking. But, give yeah. you a, lo- a win by one to the worst team in the conference. <laughs> um, all right. Chris Caprio says, what does Rosie need to do to give our running backs and KB12 more of a chance? My answer is turn the play calling over to someone else. Okay. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> like who? You? Anyone. Get Mike on the... I would love to see Mike call plays. Oh my God, not I me. would love Just, to see that. That'd be terrible. <laughs> we think there's no consistency now. Run it that way. Run it right. <laughs> Do we have a tackle. play that runs upfield? <laughs> verts. Uh, verts. Verts. Five verts. I actually just think it takes time. I, you know, like, it's nice if you have players who develop super fast. Um, I just think more exposure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm being obviously flippant with the statement, but I mean, I think we got to call some more rollouts. Mm-hmm. We um, talked about this a couple weeks. Get, ago. get yep. you know, get Chris out of the pocket. I'd like to see a trick player too, just to try and make them have to think about something. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I just I think we need to utilize our run game differently than we have. But agreed. Yeah. All right. Um. How in the hell did we win on Saturday? <laughs> Blocked the field. We're still trying to figure that out. All right. Silvertip Nation says, you each get one question asked Bobby Houck about anything, and he has to answer, has to answer honestly, and has to answer in depth. What would your question be? <laughs> oh, boy. Do you really think all of your nonsense about injuries gives you an advantage? Or do you just have fun with us? I would just love to hear his full and honest and in-depth opinion on the officiating during a game <laughs> rather than I can't speak publicly on this. Kind of get in a non-public situation with Bobby. <laughs> oh, man. I would love to hear him talk at length about leadership and how like you break players down and build them up into what you want versus you know saying like oh my gosh this person's super special and i just kind of have to ride their talent a little bit or like how do you how do you manage Those what are both to great questions what to break down <laughs> sorry <laughs> a little off off air joke that we were which we're not going to talk about on the pod oh my god um, oh, I actually think those that... are both great questions. Um, I, I I think it'd be interesting along the lines of like just kind of serious conversations. Like, does he think that his no star offensive system that's been his kind of mm-hmm. bread and butter as a coach in college football is still still works? <laughs> is still the right path? Yeah. Or do you think the game's changed since the early two thousands? Because it could be. Mm-hmm. I mean. But I mean, like you know, even places where they used to run this, like Alabama now, I mean, they're not afraid to have stars. I think teams rally around stars. Like a star QB, teams rally around a star QB. So does a fan base. So does a community. So if kids have changed, why can't? Why should? Why is your coaching system not changed? But he might have a really good answer as to. And he's talked about in Chris QB club because we don't. I'm not. I'm not asking that question to kind of crap on him at all. No, no, because he's talked about. He, he'll talk about how it used to be that you broke down players more and tried to build them up. And I think they still do that, but he's, he talks a lot more about how today you need to 
pour them full of confidence because confidence is the single biggest thing to get kids to succeed today, which maybe wasn't the case yep. before. So I think it'd be a fascinating conversation. Like, and I don't, I think whatever answer he gave could be very interesting. Like, I, I mean, we'd obviously joke and have our own but opinions. I'd love but to hear that. Yeah, I would love to hear the like yeah. truth serum, Bobby. Too. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, giving like, examples of like yeah. players, even in situations where he like tried it one way and it failed. Yeah, and saw yeah, yeah. Like a crazy success that surprised him. He's like, "Oh my god, Holy shit, I told the kid good job, and he like <laughs> he cried, <laughs> and then he did better, more good stuff." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be cool to hear. Yeah. All right, couple more. How do you get the commissioner's attention so he addresses clown car refereeing? It was an embarrassment to the league and needs to be addressed. Honestly, probably not tweeting at them on Saturdays, which I'm guilty of. So um, we also know somebody who wrote an email to the head of officiating this oh, weekend. We do. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Brad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. Um, I just don't think you're ever going to get the conference to engage this conversation in a no. public forum. Nor should they, because it's like you can't. You can't throw your refs under the bus, or that will end badly for the conference. Yeah. Uh, I also think just more people need to get into officiating generally. I mean, it's not going to be me, but <laughs> I think there's a lack of officiating, like people in in the in it at all ranks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are we seeing not so much anymore now that we're getting into playoff? But like, you're, you, there was like issues with like. Uh, high school football around the state, like lack of officials, right? Or lack of mm-hmm. even like uh, people from schools also bus to like drivers. bus drivers. Yeah. Like, you know, um, so it's, it's kind of a problem from top down. Yeah. All uh, right. Eric Witz wants to know with all the rumors of college day game day coming, what would each of your college game day signs be? Mine would be hashtag ask GFP. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. See, you thought about this. <laughs> that literally just came to me. Hashtag Paris of the Highline. <laughs> I got nothing. My brain is not firing anymore. I don't know. The one I have, I was, put up the one I have, the the one that corporate pops sponsor in, of Grizzly Athletics. Promover, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, no, I don't know what I do. The one, I, the one that keeps popping in my mind. The tweet got deleted, and people said, "Be kind. You shouldn't have something with a." Oh, do you go ahead and say it? Referencing the Federal Trade Commission. I just, you know, I just want to, you know, appreciate one of our finer government entities with its initials. But apparently that's, you know, uncalled for. Ugh. I mean, if you, if we've we got this great scene the on the FTC. Oval and all the signs out there are FTC and <laughs> FTG, I mean, it's just going to be like, wow, are we really not creative at all? They're going to be like, look at these idiots from Montana. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they're going to be like, what does that mean? And they're going to figure it out and it's going to be like. The best one, wow. I, st- I still remember years ago where one of the eight millionth times they went to North Dakota State, <clears throat> and the previous year, MSU bought out the game and didn't go, and then they played like a Division two school at home, and there was a sign at NDSU, and someone had and it said, Montana State bought out my other sign or something like <laughs> that. It was It was incredible. I loved it. It was so great. Yep. All right, last one on Twitter. Silvertip Nation says, also, you get the chance to put one of these three groups in a Saw-style scenario for your own amusement. 
Big Sky Refs, delusional biased cat fans who think they're unbiased and will tell you about it constantly. The motorcycle cop who gave you a $200 ticket for going four over. Yikes. Uh, I mean, I don't want anybody to die, but it would be a lot of fun picking on cat fans. Yeah. It will be. I have one more question after this. Yeah, I know. It's, it's got to be cat fans. Yeah. I, I don't want to be misconstrued about my feelings towards police. <laughs> Should have been speeding, Luke, and you would have got the ticket. Oh, man. I think I know that cop too. <laughs> I, think I, I think I know who that is. I think everyone in Missoula knows who that is. <laughs> We've all been pulled over by him. <laughs> I heard something like, "Oh yeah, you got yeah." That that dude has like has written something like thirty thousand citations in his career, <laughs> but the more amazing stat is that he has like zero like official complaints against him because he's almost like mechanically he is like official yeah it's just you're speeding here's your ticket on it, you go on you go it's like he's he, 30,000 negative interactions with the public and not one person has like I, I got a distracted driving ticket from him once because I had my phone in my hand and he was just like you had your phone in your hand back there and he already like had the ticket going, you know, or something. And I was just like, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, just like, you know, you know, it was just like, here you, you go. Know, license registration. You had your phone in your hand. Here's the ticket. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. Get out of here. You if, know, it's just like, I, I think he's a good example of like, if you want artificial intelligence in the future, <laughs> he's as close as it gets to robot cops, just writing citations unemotionally. See the Terminator of traffic violations. Yes, he's <laughs> got to be the most prolific traffic cop in the history of <laughs> traffic cops. All right, I think you had one more question. I have right? a question from uh, one a text in. Oh, one I had a texting question. James too. Nugent, Ooh. not James, my son. James, my brother. <laughs> James. For clarity. Um, question for the great minds of the Grizz Fan Pod. First of all, I think you guys do a super great job with the podcast, and I'm not just saying that because my brother is on it, so thank you. Aww. I would like to know, guys, your thoughts on this conundrum. As I type this on a Sunday evening, Oregon is currently ranked number seven in the country. Much of this number seven ranking seems to be because they beat Ohio State, who is currently ranked number five. A few weeks ago, Stanford beat number seven Oregon for their only loss. UW beat Stanford this past Saturday. And, of course, UM beat UW back in September with a healthy Cam Humphrey. So if you follow me here, mm-hmm. the Grizzlies beat the team UW that beat the team Stanford that beat the team Oregon that beat the, team, beat the number five team in the nation, Ohio State. And then the Grizzlies almost lose to Southern Utah. <laughs> Given all of this, is it just a strange year for college football? Is timing everything? Are national rankings bullshit? <laughs> a little bit of all of the above. <laughs> That's great. All of the above. That's great. That is some. We want OSU. That is some transitive property, like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Hey man, we're going to a bowl game, baby. Let's do it. No, I mean, I, I feel like it's like we could string together, like, okay, well, so and so, like, kissed this person, and so and so kissed that person. So I feel like J Lo and I have a shot together. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> Oh man, oh, that's good. I mean, I think every year is weird in college football, but I also hate 
rankings because we do you know big side conference power rankings every week and it's just so obnoxious because even people who think they're completely unbiased it's like your biases come through and you're voting and you give some teams these benefit of the doubts that you don't give other teams yep. and yep. so i mean i i hate rankings and i especially hate early season rankings that are based on nothing because then you need to like climb the rankings even though like you may have been better you just started lower in the polls I mean, it seems like the bull rankings in the FBS are kind of like they come out like right the first batch comes out next week or something like yep, that. So, so it's it's like okay, Is show it me this your... week. Soon. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, but basically, it's like okay, get me eight weeks into your season, and then we're gonna, you know, and you can bring into question their their method there, but still, it's like, you know, I, I mean, honestly, if if we had no rankings up to this point, and then this week for the FCS votes, everyone was just put in order. Would Montana be 11 and would Sac State be 18? No. No way. No way. And this week, Montana wins by one at home and they stay in the same spot. And Sac wins by three on the road and they drop the spot. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, there's some of that rankings. It's, it's just bananas. It's crap. Yep. Okay, that's it for your questions, Mike. Yep. I have a texting question as well that came early during the Grizz game. Uh, shout out to Ty, who appreciated a shout out last week as well, too. Um, so he is now doubly famous being mentioned two pods in a row. So, uh, fantasy football question for the next, uh, GFP. If we could combine this year's Grizzly defense and special teams with Eastern's offense, what would our record be? I think we know what that'd be. And the average margin of victory. Um, why, uh, why, uh, his guess would be undefeated in a margin of 50 per game. And we can only dream, right? I mean, if we had Eastern's offense with this defense and special teams, yeah, a f- 50 per game easy. Be a juggernaut. Yeah. And then fun. it's like the defense can be more aggressive than they are because it's like you're playing with house money. So, I mean. Yep. Oh, that'd be so fun. That'd be a blast. Oh, man. It'd be great to just have a season where we just beat the hell out of everybody and just coast into this like super boring national championship and win 50 to 5 or 50 to 10 or something. It's just like people are like, that's boring. It's like, yeah, we didn't have to. Yeah beat southern utah by one <laughs> um okay so egris had like i said i was telling mike uh we had, we had a handful of questions it turned into a long string of people bitching about doctors clearing people for injury so uh we've already hashed out a lot of that discussion or you can get it on egris if you want more of that uh i feel like some of the questions here we've kind of addressed i'll, I'll touch on quickly so brother bear was asking about the odds for espn game day coming uh will we do a special podcast that morning we have to be up pretty damn early. <laughs> I think that I mean, I mean, I don't think we would because we're going to try to do one try that to week. be down there. Yeah, yeah. no, I yeah, and we're going to try to do a live one that week. Yep, yep. So if we can figure it out, probably not for the pod. Uh, Zootown Grizz was just asking, you know, was bringing up again the amount of penalties we had. What like what happened all of a sudden with the lack of discipline? Um, I don't know. Frustration. Yeah, I mean the Bob, I, Bobby just was like it was a weird game. I don't know. Yeah. No, no explanation. Yeah. yeah. And if it I continues, mean, I, if it can, if it happens again like this week, then it's like we got maybe a bigger problem here. Hell, mouth is open. But you know, he did say something to QB Club that you know I don't think gives anything away. But he he said he was talking about the D line jumping and, stuff, and it's like you know some things you got to approach a little bit like an aberration. Like, yeah. It's like. Something happened that we haven't done all year. And it's like, yeah, we got to figure it out. But it's like you don't expect them to make the same mistakes next week right. that they weren't making all year. 
And you also don't hamstring the skill of your players for the sake of, you know, okay, you know, give them one Mississippi before you go. Yep. <laughs> so what's the new error we're going to see if we don't make... Damn it, Lou! Yeah. Mike, I'm looking at you. You're uh, the one that didn't nothing. pick us to win. Well, instead of five guys uh, coming crashing into each other and not intercepting a pass, it'll only be three. Oh, yeah, yeah. So improvements. Refreshing. Small improvements. Um, so Potter asked a question, um, kind of looking at with retirement of a few players midseason, uh, as we discussed, Sakim showing – in his opinion, maybe a lack of interest at times on the field, um, some maybe lost focus. This seems very un-Hauk-like characteristics. Wondering if there's a bigger story under the surface. I, I, it's tough to say. I mean, again, I think, like we talked about, just injuries, maybe some leadership-type issues. I, you know, players retire in the middle of a season all the time. That's been happening for years and years and years. I don't think that's any sort of odd occurrence. Um, I, I just, I, I don't fully know. I, I don't think it's like some big toxic mess underneath. I can't imagine it would be. We'd probably actually be hearing more about it if it was. Um, I don't know. We, we mentioned it maybe a couple pods ago, but we still might be a season or two away from, yeah, the ultimate actualization of a Bobby Houck team. And we're six and two at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I love to be this, uh, this big of a bitch about this stuff. Like yeah. six and two is pretty damn good. It is. It is. Okay. Um, <laughs> I texted this one to Mike earlier. West coast fan wonders why we continue to give Houck a pass. Um, God, and <laughs> I feel it's like... like the fan base and media is scared to criticize the coaching staff. You had no problem on your podcast being critical of Bob Stitt, which is funny. And actually, I, we don't need to answer this because this guy's a, a troll asshole on the message board. But I responded and said, "Tell me you haven't listened to the pod without telling me you haven't listened to the pod because we've been plenty critical." And uh, did we? Was the pod even really? I mean, I guess there. The pod started up when Stitt left, right? Pretty hard to be critical of. Were we going in his last year? Yes. Yeah, I think okay. we were. Yeah. But well, either way, I mean. <laughs> so, anyways, moving forward from that, yeah. uh, Ever Grizz was wondering if uh, any of us plan to go to Greeley and how we plan on protect, or, and if we're going to wear protective headgear to prevent um, from getting hit in the head with by flying clipboards. I don't think anyone's going. Uh, Listen, uh, I'm looking uh, for a settlement. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for a settlement. But seriously, you guys, you know anybody with a private plane? Let's get us on Let's it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. go. We'll go. We'll have Our, a great time. I, yep. Hour two of the pod. You got those private plane owners listening? Just set us up. We'll be there. They don't have to be listening. Somebody who knows them has to be listening. <laughs> think about it. You got to hang out with the GFP guys. Maybe we'll bring James. <laughs> James is a good luck charm. James has not seen a road loss, has he? No. There you go. Not on wood. <laughs> Everett is also wondering who has the best old fashioned in Missoula. Hmm. I feel like this is a an answer, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's eighteen eighty nine. They do a good job. They do. Um, the AC Hotel downtown also. Oh, they've got a, they've got they'll do an old fashioned, but they also have a their house drink is like their take on an old fashioned. Mm, it's mm-hmm. pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I've been happy with both of those. I will say that anybody regular ice cubes removes you from the list right off the bat. Oh, you're gone. You're gone. You need the ball. You need the you need the ball or the square to yep. be. I mean, what's that speakeasy? Uh, Staven Hoop. Oh, Staven Hoop. Staven Hoop. They're pretty good. They've had a good one. They're I haven't good. been able to find that place yet. Seriously? Well, well I haven't looked for it. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, it's Wait, sort of it's, it's sort of hidden. hidden and I walk like, through the alley and boom, there it is. They're the type of per- place that like spanks the sage. You know what I mean? Like I imagine they could make a pretty cool. Spanks the sage. It is such an they accurate do. statement. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. Um, one, I think I've told this story in the pod before, but one time Brent texted me at like, 11.55 at night. <laughs> it's like, we've got a real big problem. It's like, what are you talking about? He's yeah. like, whoever was bartending tonight at Paradise does not know how to make it old-fashioned. <laughs> it was a Manhattan, actually. A Manhattan. Yeah. It was like, the worst Manhattan I'd had. Yeah. It was like... I was like, you know, I don't have anything anything to do you're, with this. You're texting the, the wrong person. The lowest man yeah, on the no, decision I'm tree. The silent partner. Um, and Brent's like, well, wake her up then. <laughs> but like, it was addressed. <laughs> like a week later, it was like this thing where I was like, we went in there and I, and I was like, okay, you got to order one. And like everyone was like watching me waiting to take a sip. But they redeemed themselves. Um, that's hilarious. Honestly, the best old fashioned I'd had recently is from the now closed Rumor restaurant. They had fantastic old fashions. Uh, 1889s is very, very good as well, too. Staven Hoops is really good. Um, and Breaking then, news. Rumor's reopening on Wednesday. Oh, hey. Well, there you go. So, um, yeah. and It's just a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> rumor, rumor. Um, and, of course, you know, like those places, like, They've got a much better selection of bourbon than just kind of your regular, yep. you know. So that's that's what really helps. And uh, yeah, just some of the better options. There is uh, Ranch Club has a bartender that is from Wisconsin and can make a Wisconsin old fashioned, which is brandy old fashioned, and he can make it just like your, uh, you know, back in the Midwest with Corbell brandy and everything. And so, if you want the best Wisconsin old fashioned town, if Zeb is bartending at the Ranch Club. Come on, he makes a da- he, uh, he makes a legit Wisconsin brandy old fashioned. Um, maybe the the uh, silent contender, the unexpected contender, is uh, a good bartender at a hotel catered event with all the good stuff. Oh yeah, in, you know, because sometimes you go to have drinks at those events and it's like they've got two liquors and two whatever, and it's not good. Sometimes you go and they've got the full house. Yeah. And those are free. And yeah. I had one of those last week. I'm yeah. too white. <laughs> yeah. I'm too white trashy to drink with you guys. Like, <laughs> I'm really, really only ordering things with the ingredients and the name. You know, like <laughs> gin and tonic, Captain Coke. <laughs> like <laughs> Easy to remember. Yeah. You don't have to have some that secret that. recipe. <laughs> All right, so this this next question, Everett's, is pretty uh, is a little thought provoking though. Mm. Grizz football national championship or an elite eight appearance for Grizzly basketball? Elite eight appearance for Grizzly basketball. A handful of posters agreed with that too. I mean, that don't get me wrong. Like I I want a national championship, and I follow this program with passion. 
I mean, national and, press. And appearance by Montana, Big Sky Conference Montana in, in the Elite Eight. Oh, that's big is bucks, Is school-changing. That's big money, too. I mean, that's money. That's attention. I mean, yeah. that's... And think about that, because you're going to be the Cinderella story every game up to that, so you're getting all of this repeated games, national attention. Yeah. I mean, that is... That's institution changing for a school like UM. Think about who who beat, who was the number 15, 16 seed that beat the 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 dog their dogs their mascot. Oh um oh my god, that was the first number sixteen to win. Yeah, I mean that was all kinds of attention for them. So I mean just, I think I'm with you. I think it's a no brainer. Well, and and because the more rounds you win in the NCAA basketball tournament, you have a three year post-appearance payout that comes back to you from tournament money. Oh. Now, the trick is it goes to your conference, not your school. Oh, great. But it still is it, – it's it, it's quite lucrative, more lucrative than a national championship. Listen, I want us to be just as successful as it takes for Travis DeCure to stay here forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> you go to Elite Eight. That's the thing. You go to the Elite Eight. He's gone. Gone. <laughs> He's gone, gone. Uh, okay, uh, Horribles fan eighty one eighty four asks if it appears that the majority of opposing offenses have figured out how to successfully attack the Grizz base defense. If so, why do we defer when we win the coin toss and give them a chance for more drives per play? That's a good question. Actually, I think they just like getting the ball after halftime. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah. I. But there was a response there as well too on it. I. Outside of. What Eastern Washington, our defense still hasn't given up a ton of points. We're like the still the second or third best scoring defense in the conference. I don't know if anyone's figured us out. I think maybe we just, you know, had higher loftier goals. God damn it. Let's see what you guys are doing. We're recording and we're recording and Mike's some of our information is already, is already leaking, which means <laughs> oh my god, this answer. one of the two of you. <laughs> I actually think I was looking Man, at Brent save over here. it. Your mic's off. Oh, I, I was actually looking at Brent over here, Mike. God, but I actually think this is something you would do because <laughs> you're all worried that you hurt Parlay's feelings. All right. Is that the psychology? See, now this is a no. I most certainly see. Do. Like, so Twitter knows that the GFP account already voted. So when I hop into mine with a joint oh. account, it doesn't count my vote. Well, good because I think that crap about me not being real to the year is bullshit. <laughs> I got a real to the year award. <laughs> it's always you trying to keep me down and take all the attention for yourself. Right? All right, all right. Bullshit. Five hundred three Grizz wants to know what are your top three favorite dishes in Missoula. Mm. I want to break this up into like, um, I mean, there are so many ways we can go here. Courses, you know, like who has the best appetizer, who has the best entree, who has the best dessert. So the spicy lemongrass beef soup at Vietnam noodle is one of my favorite things. That is damn good. Yeah. It's delicious. Spicy lemongrass beef. Stacey makes a spicy lemongrass chicken. Mm. Um, We talked about steak already. Big Sky, big steaks. Yep. 1889. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> we yep, I, I can do a good rib at 1889. Yep. I don't know. It's one of my favorite dishes, though. Hmm. So, I, my wife and I's favorite, one of our favorite spots to go to is Scotty's Table. Um, 
they've got a lot of stuff that uh, their beef duo and their uh, mussels and fries are oh, some yeah. of our favorites. Love it there. Love it. I like the truffle fries at James Bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good old Mo Burger. No. Yep. I'm trying to think. It's a dish. It's not. Styrofoam yeah. dish. <laughs> I really like the blackened prime rib sandwich okay. at the oh, depot. That's damn good. I yeah. Like I like the garlic mashed potatoes. Oh, man. It's, I'm trying to think, though, because it's like a lot of places I definitely have go-to dishes. You think of places, it's like, we're going to go there. It's like, yes, I'm going to eat that. Chow Mambo's got, I can't remember the name of it, but they've got this great red cream sauce. Yeah. That, yeah, that's my wife's favorite there. It's been a decade since I've eaten at Outback Steakhouse, and I don't include them because they're say, corporate owned. Here? Yeah. But I remember really craving their blooming onion <laughs> at one point <laughs> in time in my life. <laughs> Just a giant ass fried onion. <laughs> that was delightful. Actually, and I wouldn't I would say this even if Mike wasn't here, but the lodge poles from yeah, no, Paradise Falls absolutely. are like a must get. So not just your basic, yeah. I mean that predates me, so yeah, you're you're good. There you go. Um, this could be a fun one. You know, there was like a there was a sandwich, at, a lamb sandwich at Cafe Dolce before the lamb know, burger. The lamb burger. Oh, yeah. that was so good. It had bacon and had blue cheese. I actually uh-huh. think the Cafe bun. Dolce was so underappreciated for their dinners. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I just I thought they always did a good job. Um, I really like Styrene Rock sandwiches, and they're closing in Missoula. It's they kind are. of a bummer. They'll they still are. have the Helena location. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I haven't eaten at the Breakfast Club, but I hear people say good things about that. Oh, I'm a fan. If you ever want to, you know, meet at the Breakfast Club, we can do that. All right. All right. It's, I mean, their breakfast burrito is not the Grizz burrito, but it's pretty good. What about Mark on Front Burrito? They're completely different. Yeah. You know? Two totally, okay. Yeah. Totally different things. But both very good. The Mark on Front Burrito, I don't like crowd to, pleaser. I don't like to admit this, but... Vera Donuts has a spicy uh, burrito. Yeah. Like the... Oh, interesting. The devil, like the 666 or something. It's like super spicy, but it's all vegetarian. Uh, It's still really good, though. And it's a big-ass burrito. Because it's full of vegetables. (laughs) Vera Donuts has burritos? Yeah. I was going to say, like... People rave about the donuts. I've never, wow. I didn't even know they I made. I didn't burritos. know that. Yeah, the donuts are better. Add in, that to my repertoire. Incredible, <laughs> and the but just the downside of the the burrito. You know, you're like, oh, but it's vegan. There's no, you know, there's no meat inside this thing, or eggs, or eggs. But it's worth trying okay. the spicy one. I forget what it's called, but it's like the devil or something. All right, and then go pick up a donut for later. And now I really want to talk about this topic for a while. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, you know, good things. I mean, Paul's. Like, I know you're not getting dishes, but I mean, I'll go into Paul's and I'll get an omelet with two with a stack mm-hmm. of pancakes on the side. Mm-hmm. Yep, perfectly content. Uh, yeah, Tamarack's got an eggs Benedict. That's I don't know if I've ever had breakfast. At you, well, because I mean, pre-COVID, you had the Bloody Mary, the bar. mimosa yep. bar, yep. and you go get eggs Benedict, and it'd be a that's. Really good stuff, too. Yeah, I know I'm missing something, too. Oh, we're missing so many things. Like, I know like a lot of the restaurants I go to regularly, I'm skipping my regulars. I mean, the keep, the rack yeah. of lamb up there that they us- that they usually have available is... So, of all... It's been... Yeah, they're yeah, good. But yeah. Of all the burrito places to go to in town, where's, what's your go-to? 
market on front at the moment. Breakfast or lunch? L- lunch. Lunch. Like lunch or dinner. Mission style. Yeah. Ooh, actually, I'm going to scratch that. Catalyst's breakfast burrito. Oh, that is a good one. I'm with you there. Oh, that is, yeah. That's also, that's also two meals. That's true. That is probably the, I, like, I got a Taco Del Sol, like, across the street from me. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. best versus easiest available. But Taco Del Sol is great. My too. go-to is Taco Sano. Mm. And you get the sauces on there, the pulled pork burrito. Oh, man. Yeah. Take that. God, if we finished earlier, I might be I know, able to get, like, I might be able get there, there on my way back. After 11 at night, and none of these places are open. <laughs> Pulling through. It's like, uh, hey. <laughs> we are absolutely missing things. You should, you, People should tweet at us and tell us what we're missing. Oh, yeah. The mac and cheese at uh, Thomas Marr. Oh, yeah. a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually tweet at us because I want to try things if I haven't had yeah, some of this I stuff. always struggle when I need to go to lunch with like opening my mind to like all the things that I would like. You sure. know, it's like you fall into this like, oh, there's three places I go to lunch, and this is what I do. Yeah, it's here, it's there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's because I forget it. Or all like right. on what side of town you are, because like yes. my, when my office used to be across the street from <clears throat> Hellgate High School, like downtown is all over the place. And now it's like on the other side, and like people are like, let's go to lunch at you know blah 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 downtown. It's like, oh my god, yeah, I know, a, okay. I know a guy that's got a real estate company. His office is on the south side and downtown. Mm. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> MT Grizz asks, if, if at the beginning of the season you were told that the Grizz would be starting Junior Bergen at running back, meaning we would not have everybody else in front of him, Chris Brown at quarterback, no Gabe Solser, and no Colton Kynes, would you have had as high of expectations for the offense no, and I actually think that's a real good put it in perspective. <laughs> like I'd say, we're not going to be six and two, and our offense is going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. That's a great. That's a yeah. It's a great question. Yeah. Okay, um, Montana Jack asked this just for me, but there's two realtors in the room, so um, asking if no, you suck up all the oxygen. As thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> as a realtor, would you rather close a deal where you? Uh, Represented both sides of the transaction for uh, a large gain on commission of the most expensive house in town, or have the Grizz win the chipper this year? Grizz win the chipper. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mostly because I really avoid dual agency. Well, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> usually bad news. Hard to represent both sides of a transaction. It's very tough. <clears throat> uh, okay, well, hey, uh, Paul Rouge was asking compare this win against from Southern Utah to the 2009 win against the ISU. Bengals. And honestly, I was at that game. There's a lot of damn similarities to it because the Grizz had a punt return touchdown get called back. And I think they had two goal to go, like on the one and two yard line, get stuffed in that game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they had a they had some bad turnovers. And it was just a, another one of these situations where it was like and that one, Idaho State hadn't won a game. And um, Montana was undefeated and the number one team in the nation and had to put together a last-second drive and Mark Mariani faking an injury so we could get the uh, field goal unit out on the field to, to kick a field goal. Um, a lot of similarities. But on the flip side, that 2009 team had its starting junior at that point quarterback. It had its – it had – 
Um, Chase Reynolds is a junior running back. It had Mark Mariani. It had its O-line. It, you know, that, that would probably have been, that's probably more of a surprisingly disappointing win. Cause we were nine dominant. On, Cause we yeah. were just beating the hell out of everybody. And that was like the thing. Cause I, I've had such terrible experiences going to watch the Grizz play at Idaho state. And that one, I was like, yes, we're just going to beat the hell out of them. It's going to be great. And then they went 12 to nine or 12 to 10 or whatever the hell it was. And I was just like, Oh my God, I hate this place. <laughs> so, different teams, definitely different teams. Um, okay. And that is all from Egress. Man. I feel like we flew through those. Well, it's we're at 2.20 in the pod, and I've checked my timestamp, so we are a full hour of questions. But we're a little bit longer at 2.20 because... <laughs> Talked about food. We had uh, we had our uh, Eric Tabor guest appearance. Oh, so oh, my yeah, timestamp's yeah. all off, yep. so I'm all screwed up there. But, well, let's just say we have an hour, a full solid hour of questions from our loyal and loving fans. Awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. Find us that private plane, and we will live tweet from the game. If we know you, we'll see you soon. If not, we'll see you soon. Go Grids. Fight on.